And now, introducing the man who's been experimenting with using a nose-protecting face mask when he plays Papa Shot to try to determine just how upset he should be with Devin Booker for missing more than five shots in last night's game, as he says, quote, if I'm able to dominate like usual, then there is truly no excuse after this apples-to-apples comparison, unquote. Following last night's road victory against the Houston Astros, he dusted off his bottle of vintage 94 Dom Perignon champagne and woke his children up with a shower in classic locker room celebration style after it became clear that the rebuild was finally over and Mike Elias and company had succeeded. He is Glenn Clark. Long and Hagen's at 1140? Yes. Kidding. You, you, you left something off the rundown. What did I leave off the rundown? The audio that I sent you yesterday. Oh, yes, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yes, I'll I did. take care of it. Okay. Don't worry. I got you. We'll do it at 11.20 then. It'll be the way that we go about doing that. Okie dokie. Hi, good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Somebody called box. me right when I started my thing. Mm? I don't even know who it was. Was it important? It was not the person I had tried before. Okay. So it was a New was Jersey it, number. Do you important? happen to know who Fairlawn, New Jersey might be? Could be anybody. Could be anybody. You never know. Should I give him a call back? Uh, no, I don't care. But sure, why not? Glenn Clark Radio, uh, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We are trying to give you a night out and not, not just any night out, but a night hanging out, watching the fights at Sports and Social Maryland with a $150 bar tab and that like reserved, awesome recliner seat just to have an amazing time watching the fights. And we want to just give it away to you. Do you understand this? We're trying to give it away. Enter to win one of two grand prize packages. So you're doubling your chances of winning. Each of which include two VIP recliner seats along with a $150 food and drink tab for UFC 264 on July 10th at the new Sports and Social Maryland venue in Live Casino and Hotel. Winners will be able to watch UFC 264 in style as Dustin Poirier takes on the former champ, Conor McGregor. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contests in order to enter. Sports and Social Maryland is live casino and hotels. Amazing new sports bar with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and much more. For tickets to see UFC 264 on July 10th, at Sports and Social Maryland, go to livecasinohotel.com. Seating is limited. It's going to be a great night, and you can go sit in that reclining seat and enjoy that $150 bar tab. All you got to do is go to pressboxonline.com slash contests in order to enter and win those prizes. Thank you, Young Jack. Glenn Clark, Kyle Ottenheimer. Young Jack here with you. Young Jack was bringing me my copy of Cheated, which I had not read yesterday when we were supposed to have Andy Martino on, but thankfully he forgot to show up. And because of that, when we chat with him today, I will have read 12 chapters. 12 chapters. Really dove into Cheated last night. We'll talk to Andy Martino about that today. Also coming up today, a trip to Aberdeen, Jordan Westberg. Aberdeen Ironbird, top prospect, middle infielder in the Orioles system. Probably very uh, nervous about the College World Series as he's a Mississippi State alum. Um, We will chat with him. Also this morning, uh, Eric Longenhagen joins us. Of course, covers the MLB draft for Fangraphs. And this morning, we are going to meet Abby Gustatus, North Hartford High School alum. And she is now a captain for the U.S. women's rugby team, uh, Rugby Sevens. We're going to chat with her 
as they get ready for the Olympics and headed to Tokyo and trying to get on the uh, the medal podium. The 2016 Olympics were the first for women's rugby, and they did not make the medal podium in 2016, so trying to change that this year. They had a great tournament over the weekend uh, to lead into this, so we will chat with Abby Gestatis about all of that. So all of that is on the way here on GCR. I need you guys to step up and make a commitment to me today, relationship-wise. What do you mean? I need you to put a ring on it. I wore those it. pants you like. I know, well, and I appreciated that. They look very nice. I need you to put a ring on it today. Well, actually, I need you to do a couple things. First of all, I need you to go. Uh, Young Jack has been working hard the last 24 hours. Well, I mean, he's been working. I, I don't know how hard he's been working. And uh, our tennis podcast that Greg Rosenthal and I do. By the way, uh, Greg Rosenthal and Anthony Jeselnik are like lifelong friends, and they do a podcast together. So there's this really weird world where I looked last night, and Anthony Jeselnik was retweeting our tennis podcast, and I was like, oh, right, yeah, because they're buddies. That's a weird – I had totally forgotten Are you a fan of his comedy? That. I do. I enjoy Anthony Jeselnik. never really, like, really, never really tuned into it, but he seems like a good fellow. He's quite funny. So uh, I need you to go subscribe to Courts of Thunder. It's a great time to do it. Seb Quarter with a big win today over Alex DeMenor at uh, Wimbledon. Like, I, like Kyle doesn't know that. Yep. Um, Seb, my guy Seb. Oh yeah, Sebastian. Well, we call Quarter. him Seb. You know, I do for sure. Sebby, well, if you will. Those closest to him. Right. Correct. Everybody knows that. Call him Seb. Um, so subscribe to Courts of Thunder on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. What's the next one you're working on, Jack? Podbean. It'll be up on Podbean. I love the beans. Soon. Love, love uh, all all beans. Yeah. All beans. Big winners. So uh, subscribe to Courts of Thunder. That's one thing I need you to do. The other thing I need you to do today. Is I need you to tell me that you're in. I'm out. Nope. Not acceptable. I need you to tell me that you're in. And I'm going to confirm that I'm in. Tomorrow, uh, Drew Forrester will make his final appearance with us before he heads out to Omaha to compete in the U.S. Senior Open. And I need you to commit that for every birdie that Drew makes, however long he plays in the U.S. Senior Open, you will donate five bucks to the Helping Up Mission. Now, Drew's nervous about this. It's a very difficult golf course. This is a U.S. Open. This is not a place where scoring is typically something that you, you get a lot of. And there's the very real chance that Drew doesn't make the cut. Or so, any birdies. Yeah, there, I mean, it's possible. I'm going to guess he makes one or two. Like, I'm just going to guess he's going to throw a birdie or two in. I hear he's not that good. Well, that's not true. That's unfair. I like I, I like knocking Drew. Don't get me wrong. It's a fun thing that we can do around here. But Drew's a good golfer. He is. This is just a very difficult test. This is an unbelievably difficult test out in Omaha. So there's a chance that all you're really committing to is like 10 bucks. It's possible, right? That's very possible that all you can commit to is 10 bucks. There's also a chance that Drew plays the week of his life and makes the cut and... Wins it all. I, I, boy, it would be really remarkable <laughs> if that were the case. But I, let's just say somehow he found a way to make 10 birdies. 10 birdies. If that's the case... You'd be in for 50 bucks. Very affordable. So we're not talking about an extraordinary amount of money. So I need you to commit. I need you to step up right now and commit. Now, here's the way it's going to work. We're going to do it like we did last year with donations. Instead of, no, I, I love you guys to just go and donate uh, money directly to the Helping Up Mission. That's a wonderful thing, and I appreciate you doing it. A lot of you will send me those notes. I think that's tremendous. We want it to be one felt swoop. We, and that's really what we want. We want one big donation to come in, but more than that, we don't really want it 
we want to spend it on the guys. And they're, we like donating to their operating budget. That's a good thing. I want to encourage you to do that. I, I, I love all that. But we want to donate for things that they need. And, and the girls. Not only and the girls, absolutely. They've got a women's shelter now, too. Um, it's very important. So there are things that you, know, you just don't think about. And this time of year, regularly, we hear, like, we're running low on socks. We need socks. Okay, well, let's go get some socks. We did that last year when we uh, collected all that money. So what I'm asking you to commit to is, again, $5 per birdie that Drew makes out in Omaha next week. Commit to that. What you're really committing to doing is I'm going to give you a number after the U.S. Senior opening, and you're going to donate that to either our Venmo or our PayPal, and then we're going to pool all that together to go purchase the things that the gentlemen and ladies at the Helping Up Mission need to get by on a day-to-day basis. What if he eagles? I would say that's a double birdie. If he makes an eagle, I would say it's 10 bucks for that. right? If, if you make this commitment, you're making a $5 commitment to birdie, and if somehow he if makes he holds an a eagle, par five? Yeah, that's not going to happen, so we're not going <laughs> to waste time talking about it. Jesus. Just I'll like cover all the bases. Sure, cover all the bases. You go right ahead. I'll tell you what, Kyle, if he makes a, a, a one, if he aces a five, yeah. we're going to donate a billion dollars. You hear that, okay? Drew? <laughs> one billion dollars is what you're in for. Um, but that's what we need. We need you to step up. All you need to do is uh, tweet me, at Glenn Clark Radio, and just make it simple. I'm, I'm in. That's it. That's all I need you to do. Just I'm in. That way I can go hassle you about it once the tournament's over and say, hey, man, need you to, need you to come back and, uh, and, and deliver. Pay that man his money. That's so all I need is $5 per birdie how many, that Drew makes at the U.S. Senior Open. How many days? If you made the cut, it would be five It'd days be four, of golf? Four days. So I'm saying four times 18. <laughs> how do you not know that, Kyle? Take it easy. Four no, 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 times no, no. 18? This is not. How do you not know that? Well, they do a lot of golf. No, they don't. They do the same amount of golf. As anywhere else. No, they make the seniors play more, I thought. Actually, I think some places they only have they only play three rounds. I'm just trying to do some team. math here. We're talking about 72, potentially. 72 times five is the maximum we would pay here? If he birdied every hole. Yeah. Yes, I don't think he's going to finish 72 under par, Kyle. I'm pretty sure that would be quite the record. I would be impressed. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? But I'm just saying that's the math. Like, what, I, Hang on. What's the lowest score ever posted? Lowest score ever <laughs> at the U.S. Senior Open. Was, was, do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for some reason, nice it won't, friend, I don't know why it won't just tell me. This is really <laughs> obnoxious that it won't just say, you got to work for it, you know, score ever. All right, here, U.S. Senior Open Records. Yeah. All right. I'm guessing 21 the history under. of the second oldest in the family belongs to one player. Kenny Perry took the U.S. Senior Open 72-hole scoring record when he won in 2017, shooting 16 under 264. So that doesn't necessarily. It could be. It's possible right. that he made. Um, could have bogeyed six and birdied a hundred. You know. No, no, that math would not work. No, mm-hmm. that would be like double he, bogey. My bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. He would. He would bogey six and birdie twenty-two. Right. Something along those lines. Uh, I'm just again going to venture a guess that Drew's not going to shoot sixteen under. Yeah. Why don't we just go knock him down before he goes? Playing, I understand right? that, yeah. and I, I'm. I'll apologize to him tomorrow, but I don't think he's going to shoot. 16 under par for the tournament. I don't think that's going to be the case. So I don't think Old negative Nancy over you're here. You're going to be on the hook for a hundred bucks. If you are, it's going to be the greatest hundred dollar. It's going to be I mean, it's so historic. 
what occurred. Drew will be on SportsCenter. Correct. <laughs> that you'll feel good knowing someone that uh, accomplished such a thing. And you'll feel good cutting that check. But I don't think you're going to have to worry about it being that much. We're not asking for a lot. It's not likely to be... Again, if, I, if we'll have Drew set the number tomorrow, like what his expectation is. John from Little Rock thinks we set the number at uh, five and a half. He thinks Sounds that's the... But it also depends. That sort of would imply that he's making the cut. Um. Yeah, I... Well... I don't know how you would birdie five or six and in the first round the and yeah. not make well, the cut. It wouldn't be the first round. It would be the first two rounds. Do you... What, what, what is going on? They play five. Oh, my God. What, what is happening here? I've never known all this. This is not... God, this is pretty simple stuff. They play man. one day of golf for the cut? No, they play two days of golf. For the cut. Then they have a cut. And then there's two more? Then there's two more. Weird. Not hard. I don't know. It seems a little weird to me. This is not, no different than any other golf tournament ever. Mm. Ever. I agree to disagree. This is a really weird bit. I, don't I, I only play nine. I don't know what's going on here, but it's a weird bit, and I don't care for it. So I need you to get in. I need you to commit today at Glenn Clark Radio. Just send me a message. Just say, I'm in. That's all I need you to do. I'm in to donate five bucks per birdie that Drew makes at the U.S. Senior Open to the Helping Up Mission. We'll talk more about it when Drew joins us tomorrow. The Orioles won a game. It was actually a good one. So there's that. They Mel got, Castle they got, homered. And by the way, Mullins got call, a couple why of Why did hits? you call Jordan Westberg a third baseman? I think he plays a little third for them as well. He's played like two games at third base. He's an infielder. We'll call it he's, that. He's a shortstop. That's what okay, he is. Okay. I don't know what we're doing here. What's going on with you? Uh, nothing. Having a good time. Are you sure? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. This is. Oh, not I'm so sorry. I forgot how many days of golf they play before they play more golf. It's it's not. Kyle, you're <laughs> acting like this isn't something that's extraordinarily common knowledge. I never watch the first two days of a golf tournament. Neither do I, and I know that. Well, you're a golfer. No, I'm not. I don't care remotely about golf. Why it's not buy asking those golden for a clubs. Lot. Well, because they they look nice. I, They're I, JFK I, set. I needed to have. <laughs> God. Um, anyway, the, uh, the Jordan Westbrook's going to join us. Um, the Orioles won last night. So there's that's that's cool, I, I guess. I, I am in a weird place. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to celebrate it. I know it was dramatic. Well, there were some good there performances was, from players that we are hoping are playing well, I, right? Like Mullins played well, Matt Mackles well played good. well, all it's that. It's all well and good. They can play well in losses too. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to be upset about Mount Castle raking. You know. Well, nobody asked you to be upset about Mount Castle raking. Nobody said that. Okay. Saying that these guys can hit. And if if the Astros if if that ball off Altuve's bat in the ninth inning had carried off the wall and it had been a bases clearing triple and the Astros would have won, it wouldn't have bothered me one bit. And in fact, I'm absolutely start. I realize I'm at that point where it's hard. I can't enjoy. How many games back were the Diamondbacks? What? How many games back from the Diamondbacks? Are and the Pirates Orioles? and all of them are the Orioles? I don't think they're behind the Pirates. Are they second still? I believe they're second behind the Diamondbacks. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody keeps track of this. You have to do the math yourself. The Orioles are twenty-five and fifty-four. That's pretty good. They are comfortably in the worst record in the American League. The Diamondbacks are twenty-two and fifty-eight. So simple math says that Four. they are three and a half, three and a half games. That's fuzzy behind math. the Diamondbacks. It's not fuzzy math. It's very simple math. Um, not hard. Not hard to figure out that if you had lost last night, you'd only be three games back, right? Like a lot of baseball the, left to be played, or two and a half games back. How does that math work? See, now it's fuzzy math. Now all of a sudden, yeah. right, whatever. The I've never being, been too confident about figuring those sort of things it's, out. Well, it's a half game per the difference. So, like, um, the Orioles have fifty-four losses. 
The Diamondbacks have 58. 58. So the four games that are different there, a half game per each equals two. And then you do the wins, and you can do it the same way. The Diamondbacks have 22. The Orioles have 25. Half game per three, one and a half, two plus one and a half, three and a half. Common core, there you have it. I figured it all out. I don't know if that's common core or not. It is common core. I don't really know. if Isn't that what they do these days now? That is exactly what they do, and I'm going to have to learn about it because my kids are... uh, You know what I never understood with math? They go to a private school. I don't know how that works. I never understood how it would be like... This guy created an equation. That's right. Right. Who decides what's that's right and wrong yeah, I in a new equation? You know what? Uh, you said a lot of bizarre things today. That's actually one of the more thoughtful things that you said. I don't know how that works. I don't understand it whatsoever. But I had that feeling last night as the game was ending where I said to myself, I can't enjoy this. I can't. That there's, I, there's no way for me to enjoy the result of the baseball game. And it's because there's just we're too deep into it now. We're Some three, 41. We're in too deep, and we're on our f- yeah, trying to keep all the blood in my head instead of going under. Yeah, correct. Um, so I, I just, I, I couldn't enjoy it in any way. There was no ability for me to enjoy the Orioles winning a baseball game because what good comes from that? They, they're, they're throwing out some guy named Leba that nobody's ever heard of to play. Th- th- this is absolutely... Labia. I don't think that's what it is. No, I think that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> I have no idea what that... No, I, I don't think that's what it is. This is where we are. And so winning a game on the road against the Astros, a series that I could have comfortably thought the Orioles should have lost all of the games... I like to get I, a little I, shot I in at the former it. employer of our general manager. Why? You know, remind them what Why? they're missing. What, did, what, what, what does any of that have Those to do? Those cheaters. Okay, sure. You go with that, man. You go with that. We're not going to talk about that video, are we? Yeah, it's a really weird bit. <laughs> I have no idea what the man Some video of uh, Orioles yeah. bullpen action where somebody has yeah. a rubber glove on, really, rubbing an index really finger on bit. Hunter Harvey's armpit. Really weird bit, bro. Really, really weird bit. I'm not. I ain't getting involved with it. <laughs> I ain't saying a word. I, in fairness, I, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. I think it's really COVID good. protocol. We're rubber gloves in the must, bullpen. That you know? must be it. That must be <laughs> it. The COVID protocol. That's the reason why you're wearing a rubber glove. Really weird bit, dude. Just very bizarre. Um. Anyway, so the Orioles win. Obla di obla da. It, 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 I, I could not possibly enjoy it, but it's what it is. I, speaking of things I couldn't enjoy, I uh, certainly didn't sons? enjoy the basketball game last night. As credit to the Clippers by jumping ahead so so much so soon. Paul George has found they, his swagger, They if you completely will. took the crowd out of it, and while the Suns worked hard to rally back, took the lead at one point in the third quarter, um, and got back within four in the fourth quarter, after falling behind by double digits a bunch, they didn't. They had, they worked too hard and never were able to get over the top, and yeah, Paul George was great last night. He was phenomenal. Frankly, I think they're a better team without Zubak, the old Zubas. I, I, mean, I don't really I, think about Zubak, you know. I, I think they're a better team they without probably him. are. Who I, cares I, about Zubak? Well, they, they purposely went small, and it worked. Well, Cousins played well. Uh, his, no, Marcus Morris played. played well. Marcus Is the other Morris, Morris on the Suns? No. no. I don't know where he is, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, Marcus Morris was was otherworldly in the first half last night. He had like 20 points by the middle of the second quarter. He was ridiculous. Um, they were they were a better team going small, and the Suns, for whatever inexplicable reason, just refused to just lob the ball into DeAndre Ayton. Kind of had a rough game. His hands were off, it seemed like. He it, was, they weren't going to him. The times that he was thrown the ball, it seems like he has very good hands normally. Like He's yes. got incredible hands, but it seemed like there were a few instances where it was just it was incomplete for whatever I mean, reason. You know? I mean, maybe, but that was... 
in part because they didn't go to him. They just they Devin Booker because he does not feel the rhythm on his shot right now no, is insistent. Is yeah, the mask him. is certainly an impact. But he is just insisting upon I'm just going to wildly attack the basket every time going out of control and hope to draw a foul. And he's not finishing those shots, and he's getting some of the fouls. Like he's, It's not like he's not drawing some fouls. He is. Chris Paul was a little off, and that Chris, injury thing Chris was, Paul's been off. was pretty awkward. I mean, it was very awkward. Um, look, it was just not a good night. Not a good night for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, there's no more – there's no dramatic take to have. I think mm-hmm. they have equally the opportunity to go win in L.A. tomorrow night and finish the series there. But momentum um, not on their side currently. Yeah, but that's one game, Kyle. <laughs> Like, but that's they're not, going back to L.A., and that's, you know. So what? They just won the last game in I L.A. going back to Cali. Damn. Yeah, you should have said that. Like, the notion that the, the momentum is not strong in any way in this series. It's game it's by Kawhi game. Just, he's just out now? Are they going to declare mean, him I, out? Like, what's going on? We thought Kawhi yeah. was out to begin with, <laughs> and then weirdly we started talking about this idea that Kawhi could play. I don't think there's any world in which Kawhi is playing. It's also, a lot of people have brought up, is it weird that he's not sitting with the team? Like, a lot of people have asked that question. I don't know. He's such a he's weird a fun guy. You know? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> he wears some shirts that indicate that he's got, like, he was wearing a uh, 7, it was like a 712, if you want to sponsor by them, 712-esque shirt that said JFC on the sign. Okay. Like, I just don't think of Kawhi as a guy that has any sort of personality swagger whatsoever. and personality, yeah, you know? He's not normally been that type, but they're good, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. God bless. Um, tonight the Hawks will try to even up the series with the Bucks. We Young's, don't know if Trey Young is going to play or not. If he does. It's hard to think he's going to have his explosiveness. Well, I mean, it would be very difficult to assume that. And if he doesn't, there's very little chance. I mean, the, the Hawks almost they absolutely have to have Trey Young healthy in order to have a chance at winning. So that would be a bummer if um, he either doesn't play or he's just not right because is that two two now or two one? It's two one. Yeah. So they're trying to make it 2-2, but it's going to be very difficult to do. The Lightning win game one of the Stanley Cup final. They are they are a machine, man. They are just an absolute machine. Playing Tampa. What's that? They're in Tampa. Right. The Lightning, yeah, are the, yeah. that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is that no, what you're telling me? Yeah, you're well, informing me that the Do you the not Lightning want me to contribute to this Tampa. conversation? Is that something you just want me to not talk about, the things that I know about hockey? That's what we're doing today. That's what we're doing today. We're forgetting guests. We're making Jordan Westberg a third baseman. We're we're letting me know that Tampa Bay is where the light is. One of those things was correct. You know what? You're right. One of those things was correct. That's a very good point, Kyle, and I can't take that away from you. Mm -hmm. I simply can't do it. Uh, Soccer was phenomenal yesterday. Thankfully, I didn't bet on either game because I would have lost them both. Crazy. Would have gone Pogba's goal was all right. Yeah, that was okay, but then... Yeah, they kind of fell apart. Well, and he specifically, for as good as he was yesterday for France, when they needed him most to come up with a defensive stop late in the game, he completely misplayed that ball. Is he a and, midfielder? Uh, yeah, and they allowed um, uh, Switzerland to uh, to equalize in the 90th minute mm-hmm. and force extra time. Not the best time. Penalty. No, not a great yeah. time to have a gaffe. Uh, fall, leading 3-1 yeah. with 10 minutes to play Against and not finishing yeah. it off. Is pretty damning. Not a great That's look a for old France. Thing. Yeah, not. They great. were number one in the world, right? Uh, they were. I don't know if they were number one. Or, I couldn't tell you, but they were definitely the reigning world champions. Yeah. I do know that much. And is uh, it true they had never not advanced past the round of sixteen? It's believable. I mean, I don't know that, but it's believable. I, think I saw that on the bottom line on Espen, but I, I, I don't know. I, it seems I unbelievable. That. 
Um, so they're out. Spain survived in extra time. A lot of goals yesterday. Uh, there were combined 14 goals between two matches. You hear that, Americans? Spain, Soccer yeah, right? can be fun. Yeah, correct. Spain survived after they were pushed by the Czech Republic, but they ultimately win 5-3 in extra time. Croatia, However, was it? Was it? Yeah. And who, the Czech Republic was, uh, was Netherlands. Thank you. You're right. Yes, it was Croatia yesterday uh, that Spain survived against. I'm redeeming um, myself. And the Czech, so the Czech Republic and Switzerland already on to the uh, the quarterfinals. We all had that of, on our brackets. Euro totally did. Totally had those in our brackets. Uh, I love day long sports, man. This is like this was the great thing about when the pandemic first ended and they had to play mm-hmm. games all day long. And you're like, man, this is awesome. Uh, I love those days. I wish there was more afternoon sports that I cared about uh, during the course of the year. Uh, obviously, Wimbledon was phenomenal for day one. The Andy Murray match was great for some weird reason. Is he just back? Like, they just randomly returned? Hadn't he not played no, he's, singles he's, in, like, he's four played, years? He's played a little bit here and there, but he's not been, like, back-back. Um, and this isn't really him being back-back either. Like, he's going to he's gonna sporadically attempt to play. His, his health is not great. He's in his mid-30s, but he's trying to play, and he's the damn compelling figure when he does. But... You could see in the third set yesterday, he was afraid to play tennis. Like, he was afraid. I he hear went that's up, not a good thing. He went up 5-0 in the third set and just wanted to hit drop shots to try to get out of the set. Ends up losing. Like, somehow blows a 5-0 lead. 5-0 in the third set. Loses the set. Sense. And bounces back to win the fourth set and, and move on. It was very compelling theater. It was uh, entertaining to watch. But there was that weird bit where he just stopped playing tennis, which I did not understand. All right, when we come back in, Andy Martino is going to join us. We're going to talk to him about his new book, Cheated, all about the Astros' sign-stealing scandal. Uh, Today's show brought to you by Window Nation, 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, no interest for two full years, 24 months. You call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it watch out for the first time the pga tours fedex cup playoffs is coming to maryland the top 70 players in the world converge on Kays valley golf club for the 2021 bmw championship august 24th through 29th 2021 baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up tickets are now available don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold visit bmwchampionship.com today Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the devil's backbone brewing company free wings or lots of other great prizes enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary the 25th anniversary menu is available through june 20th come in for great food good sports and family fun c3 american exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists c3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true with all of the bad weather 
weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Again, let me know you're in. A few of you have already committed. Steve from Bel Air, Mike Gorman, they've both committed. Um, Nick Kelly says he's in. Anthony Vitrano says he's in. My man Kane Communications. I don't even know Kane. I don't know who you are, actually. You've responded a bunch of times, but I need you to tell me who you are. I uh, just need you to say you're in to commit five bucks for every birdie that Drew Forrester makes next week at the U.S. Senior Open. Need you to commit to donating five bucks to the Helping Up Mission, and um, we'll get you a tally at the end, tell you how much it is that you owe, four rounds, tops, could just be two if he doesn't make the cut. Tough course. Might not be a lot of money. If you want to donate more, you can. We'd appreciate that. But we'll let you know officially what it is after the tournament is over. Need you to commit $5 per birdie to what it is that Drew does at the U.S. Senior Open next week in Omaha. 
from Andrew. Andrew says, Glenn, can't get on board with your feelings about the Orioles winning. It was still thrilling to go on the road and beat the Astros in the ninth inning. Okay. I mean, I again, this always goes to the, the context, right? Like, if you're up and you're watching anyway, sure. Sure. If you're watching anyway, if you're invested anyway, then yeah, you probably do feel that way. That being said, if you're not, if you're not already watching, if you're not already, if you're any if you're just someone who's more pragmatic about it, if you were watching basketball or hockey last night and you just sort of flipped over and watched the end of the game, it was very difficult for me to say this is great. I I the results at this point aren't helpful. They don't help anything. Who was helped by the Orioles winning the baseball game last night? What did it do for anyone? Club morale. Swell. I've heard that argument, by the way. There's been a lot of, apparently, like, Orioles' Twitter has been really going back and forth about um, the Jemai Jones thing, and apparently Rock Kabatko is getting pissed off at people. I don't really understand. I, I saw that. I, I mean, this, this is not a knock on Rock Kabatko. I just don't – I'm not invested in – he. It, I don't care more about what one reporter says than what another reporter says. I don't I have columnists whose work I particularly enjoy. Reporters to me are I'm trying to be not be disrespectful. I don't care more about Rock Kabatko than I care about Dan Connolly than I care about insert yeah, John Mioli, whoever it is that's covering the Orioles. So I don't know. I'm not as invested on that. I have no idea what happened, but apparently Rock Kabatko was getting pissy with um, armchair GMs. He said, "Yeah, with with Orioles fans that were asking for Jemai Jones to be here." I he have, did say that it was about defense, for what it's worth. I mean that, and that's logical enough, yeah. right? It's logical enough that that would be the case. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, again, as I said yesterday, I don't care enough about this to be bothered by it, right? Like, I don't care enough about who's playing for the Orioles right now to, to bother me. But I get it. I get being frustrated by it. And I also get an argument that why bring up a player and insert him into this mess? I get that argument. I hundred really percent get that argument. I, I, I mean, if we're talking about an Adley Rutschman or something, then yes, I understand the argument. But this is not that. Oh, I don't disagree with that. It's not the same. But I do get the argument of if you have any question about, say, their defense, why also interject them into a dumpster fire? What, what's that? They won doing? last night, Glenn. Thank you. What's that doing to benefit anyone? Are you telling me that we're good? Very good. I am twelve chapters in. Still have some work to do to finish it up, but 12 chapters into this book. It's called Cheated. And it's all about the Astros sign-stealing scandal and sort of the history of sign-stealing within baseball. Joining us now to tell us more about it, baseball writer based out of New York. It's a pleasure to welcome into the program Mr. Andy Martino, who's with us now here on GCR. Andy, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Glenn, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So I, I admit I'm not through the book entirely yet, but the only mentions of the names Michael Elias and Sigmidel so far through 12 chapters <laughs> have just been on background, and based on the other things that you're saying, can I safely assume that we're not going to find anything that's going to make us feel anything different about uh, Michael Elias or Sigmidel in the rest of this book? 
Yeah, they're not major characters in the book at all. Uh, you can safely assume that. Uh, there's a culture that Jeff Lunau built that was problematic and, and that obviously those guys were a big part of for a time, but there's certainly nothing uh, to link anyone who currently works for the Orioles to anything that was uh, directly to what was going on in Houston in terms of the cheating. Uh, I, I think it'd be fair to ask questions at this point, and maybe those questions have been asked down in Baltimore about uh, what was that culture in Houston and, and right. how appealing is that at this point for, for another team to, you know, the, the Jeff Luno coaching tree, certainly the perception of that's changed over the past couple of years, but no, uh, chapter 14 does not reveal that. Okay. I'm, like <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Well, I, yeah. I think, I think what we're trying to figure out is can we replicate the rebuilding without replicating without the all team. of the other things, right? Like, can we go that route? Um, Andy, so by the way, the detail in the book, phenomenal. I mean, obviously great stories and background and, and it's incredibly detailed book. I admit that I still struggle with the things that I struggled with before I started reading the book, which is as, as you allude to so many times during the course of the book, the problem wasn't the signs, sign stealing. Everybody accepts that's part of baseball. It's a very almost fine line to say, but when you use technology, we think that's cheating. And what I struggle with was, I still struggle with the mm. idea that the technology is available. Everybody wants to try to cheat, or cheat, you know, put it in quotation marks. Everyone wants to try to si- steal signs. And everybody else in baseball said, well, yeah, but this is just a step too far. Or they didn't connect the dots to try to figure out. Like, I, I'm still struggling with that part of this even after reading the first 12 chapters of Cheated? Well, I think that's a fair question, and it gets into having to go in and interpret those very complicated unwritten rules that even those of us who follow the game very closely are sometimes like, wait, you can do what, but you can't do what? Right. I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, and as, you, as you've as you seen, because you've gotten, obviously, further than this in the book, there's a quote from Ty Cobb in the introduction mm-hmm. where it basically articulates what you just said. He's like, it... There's a there's a level of skill and intelligence and and gamesmanship to figuring out a sign sequence or a pitch tipper with your own eyes, standing on second base, looking at the catcher or being in the dugout and watching. Okay, the catcher's glove, or excuse me, the pitcher's glove just flared out a tiny fraction of a millimeter. So that means he's expanding it to it's, he's gripping a changeup. Those things rely on real high baseball IQ and real time with your eyes skill to figure out. Whereas as Cobb was saying, when he's talking about like binoculars and opera glasses, but the same could be said for high speed cameras. If you're using something outside the field of play, it's not really that interesting. It's just cheating. Some players have always, I will say for all the unwritten rules in the game that evolved, this one has been remarkably consistent for more than a century. Players feel like if we can't protect our signs, that's on us on the field of play. But if you're just looking at a TV screen or if you're hiding in the scoreboard in 1900 with a set of binoculars, it's just it's cheating. You know, and there's also a gut check too, Glenn, I think you can do where it's like I, this. Is, these are my words, not any baseball persons. But if you're if, if, if your kid like came around the corner and saw you staring at the monitor and banging on a trash can, could you look him in the eye and be it's, like, this is right. Right. Versus if you're standing on second base, looking at the catcher, be like, kid, this is how you decode signs. It's almost just like a gut feel thing. Right. I, what I'm like, I have said this all along and even before I read the book, it felt like the bigger issue to me was how comical this was, right? Like how patently absurd it was that they were banging on trash cans and 
that this just existed and continued to exist and was happening four or five times and at bat you were hearing these bangs yeah. these loud noises and it just kept going on for a couple of years it almost felt to me like the absurdity of it was was the more ridiculous part of the more I don't know, maybe infuriating part than the concept that they were trying to do it so. yeah well you're, that's a good point the trash can thing for such a high-tech arrogant frankly organization to bang a bat on a plastic can is the lowest tech right. <laughs> in that sense. You know? right. So it is kind of comical in that way. Now their accusations against the Astros and, and uh, a lot of what's I was able to report that they did over 2018 and 19 was much higher tech. It had nothing to do with the trash can yep. with GoPro cameras and the dugout and flashing lights and the scoreboard and all kinds of things and whistling to convey stolen signs, which is not, in and of itself, something that would cause a huge scandal. But there is part of, like, you just had a whole culture of the team for about three years that was just flouting what other teams, other players, other managers, coaches thought was over the line. And and that's kind of the issue, is just that general culture of that. The book is cheated. We've linked it up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, so you can find the, uh, the Amazon page to go purchase it. Andy Martino is the author. He's with us here on GCR. Andy, and I guess I come out of it, and I make this comparison. We talked about it a lot, obviously, with the um, the sticky stuff recently. One of the problems that I have is that like cheating is is a part of 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 sport, unfortunately, right? Like I play yeah. in a, I'm a 37 year old man. I play in a Thursday night kickball league, a a beer kickball league, and every time we get to the playoffs, there are teams that just bring in ringers. To play, and I'm like, this is a Thursday night beer kickball league, and and you're so inclined to try to cheat somehow that when there's this much money at stake, when when we're talking about multi million dollars, why wouldn't teams be trying to cheat? And 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 I guess my issue is, are are we confident that this goes away simply because baseball <clears throat> makes their harsher penalties? Right, like they say, we're gonna ban you for a year. Are we confident that makes it go away versus? Wouldn't people look around and say, well, they, they still won the World Series and A.J. Hinch is a manager and Alex Cora is right back in the game. Why, why wouldn't we try to do something similar to this moving forward if the technology exists and allows us to do something like this? I think you make great points. It's a good point about your kickball league, too. That's just the competitive spirit, let alone not even the millions of dollars at stake. People do always try to uh, push that edge. No question. Uh, I think that... This is the the way you frame that question with sign stealing similar to steroids in a way. Like you can be, I don't know, I'll pick a random example. Melky Cabrera uh, be winning a batting title, get suspended, lose several million dollars, and then get another contract for right. more millions of dollars. Right. So it's not exactly a huge disincentive. I take your point on that for sure. With sign stealing, the the success core is having right now is actually kind of an interesting. It's ongoing, right? Like mm-hmm. he was much more of a sort of sad figure in this a year ago now now it's going very well for him uh so that story is almost yet to be told but it's a good point uh i do think that the level of scandal the level of humiliation i think the level of um what the astros players have endured on the road uh jeff lunau and hinch running this successful organization and being banished from it and i mean aj hinch has one of 30 major league manager jobs but it's not a great one right now, obviously. Sure, he's, not, right. he's not where he was. Carlos Beltran really wanted to manage the Mets. He's out of the game. So from that standpoint, 
I guess what I'm saying is there were embarrassments that guys wouldn't want to go through again. Uh, and I think it's harder now than it was in 2017 and 18 to actually pull this off because just literally MLB has now put the clubhouse TVs on an eight second delay and the players aren't allowed to go into the video replay room. And it's actually not what the Astros did in 17. I don't know that you, a team could actually pull off right now because there's more enforcement. Uh, but having said all that, I agree with you that, that that will will always be there. I think that this current generation of players uh, probably won't go down this exact road again because so many were offended by it. It was, it was such a big deal. But in, I don't know, a decade or two when you have players that don't have a strong memory of this, could could it crop up again in some way? Absolutely. I mean, somebody just says, look, I'm looking for an advantage, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to benefit my career. But I get what you're saying, that right, it would be, right now, there would probably be, if somebody caught wind of it, there would probably be some pushback. And as you pointed out in the book, it was not overwhelmingly received, even in the Astros organization. Right. Like, that, there were plenty of guys that said, I don't I don't want to be involved with this and and knock it off. Like when, when they were trying to to give trash can bangs, there were guys that said, Stop doing it. I'm not gonna be a part of this. That's right. Including Altuve or especially Altuve, which, you know, having been through what he's been through on the road, and I'm not gonna go too far with um saying, Oh, Jose Altuve is this terrible victim right. in this thing. He also right. had would benefited in a lot of ways. But the fact is he wasn't into it and he's getting cursed at all over the country. So those are the kinds of things that would probably make you think twice right now. But again, I totally agree with you. And the idea of trying to push the limits of gamesmanship into cheating will never go away in sports. By the way, Twitter cannot believe that there are kickball ringers. Yes, Twitter, there are kickball ringers. It's a thing. It exists. It makes no... People are competitive. It's nuts. When you're competing, you want to win, I guess. that, that there, there you go. And good for you for taking the time to play adult kickball. I, I always mean, thought that sounded fun, and I've never got around It's to absolutely it. worth doing. It's a good, it, you, when you get to a certain age and you don't get to see like your, your friends any longer, mm-hmm. it's a nice excuse to spend some time with your friends again. And, That's and, great. And uh, the whole deal. But it, like, I, and admittedly, I've got a buddy who played five years in the NFL. He's a professional. He's a WWE wrestler now. And one, time, one summer, he was home. And I, he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm playing kickball. He's like, can I come play? And I immediately thought, like, oh, it'd be great. We just sneak him onto the team mm-hmm. for the night. Even I had that feeling of, of let's your go. ringer. Exactly right. Let's go cheat. That's the way it goes. Um, Andy Martino, let me get back to what you were saying about the culture in Houston, because this is, I think, relevant for looking at what the Orioles are doing um, and, and, and the good versus the bad. And some of the stuff, like, I did not know the details of, and I don't want to give too much of the book away because I want people to go buy it and read it, but, like, the 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 guys from McKinsey coming in like that is yeah. really hinky like that couldn't be hinkier reading about that I I know I've talked to the scouts in the Orioles system when Mike Elias arrived and they were already on edge and they didn't care for this I, should we be concerned in Baltimore about the organization the Orioles are trying to to you know recreate if you will. Beyond the cheating stuff, we, we like the idea of them bringing in young talent and everybody's excited about Adley Rutschman and we get that you got to lose for a while in order to get there if you're going to get there, and that's certainly not a given. Um, but should we be concerned about the way that they're going about doing it based on some of the you know the really yeah. distasteful things that were going on in Houston beyond sign stealing? Well, I think it would be fair. You know, it's, it's, it would be fair for Mike Elias to be asked, if, if he already hasn't, and I missed it, but it would be fair for him to publicly address what he took away from Jeff Lunau and 
the ways that he's not like Jeff Lou now, I think, because mm-hmm. obviously part of his appeal, uh, m- most of his appeal as a GM candidate was the fact that he worked in this successful organization that we didn't know at the time would turn so scandalous. Uh, look, he's obviously not the same person. Lou now, his personal style was one that was uh, brilliant and innovative, but insensitive to scouts, insensitive to traditions in a way that was too much that didn't inspire collaboration, didn't seem to understand that you could take something away from that side of the game, even if you were analytically inclined. So I think it's fair to ask Elias uh, and and have him say like, no, I'm not like that in this particular way. I, I'm analytically inclined, but I do understand that this is what scouts contribute. Whereas Luna would just be like, look at the scouting report and be like, this doesn't tell me anything. A track man camera doesn't tell me what the heck do I need this for? You know, it's just like very dismissive. So it's almost a matter of personal style as much as it is about um, like your belief system as a baseball player, like be respectful a little of the people who are in the organization that you come into. Um, So that's something to look at. And the McKinsey style, which is very, uh, the consulting firm, obviously very uh, cold, very, uh, efficiency based it's i'm sure they've helped a lot of businesses improve their production and their their uh profit margin and all that but it's just done in a way where it's like oh you're not useful to us you're laid off you're laid off you know it's it can yep. be kind of ruthless so i don't think you necessarily want that culture in a baseball organization certainly not to the extent that the astros had it so i, I would say that those are fair questions for elias because that's how he was raised in the game um in terms of the tanking thing look the, the Astros are lucky that it worked. It didn't work for the Phillies. It didn't, it didn't, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this ad nauseum over whether this is going to work for the Orioles. Absolutely. History will show oh, whether I, it does. Yeah. I, Andy, I regularly remind everybody, there is no guarantee of this working. Right. Like, there is no guarantee that it even, you know, works at a, a lesser level, right, where you compete for a little while. I, I th- There's no guarantee of it whatsoever. Um, that being the case. And, and look, the Orioles appear to have put some talent in the system, and they didn't have a lot of that before, so that's a good thing. But, you know, is it going to matter? Are they going to – Are they gonna? we still haven't bought anybody out of arbitration years ever in Baltimore. Are they going to actually mm-hmm. extend talented players and, and create a new window? Or and, – and I know that David Sampson maybe isn't the greatest person to turn to. Is it going to be what he talks about, which is a lot of times organizations tell you rebuilding when they're just being cheap. That's it. It's not, there's yeah, no that's action. true. Yep. I think with the with the rise of uh, so much attention to prospects through fans who are into that, it's pretty easy for an organization to pull a bait and switch about the future and get people excited about the future. And and you're not sure if the future arrives. And I just want to make one more point about this it relates to the Astros and the Orioles. Now, obviously, the Astros had almost half a decade where they were completely irrelevant. There was that one night. And I think it was 2014 where they had a 0.0 local yeah, TV right. rating yeah. in one of their games. You know, I'm thinking five years for an adult rooting for a team is tough, but this is an entertainment business. This is a baseball is about families and traditions and legacies. And if you have a kid who's age, you know, six to 11 during those tanking years, that kid's probably just not ever going to become an Astros and Orioles fan. It's just, you missed your window to grab a whole generation. So whatever the logic is about the light at the end of the tunnel being completely unentertaining for half of someone's childhood is to me 
I don't know about that as a long-term strategy. I, I, un- I understand well. what you're saying, Andy. I completely understand what you're saying. If it somehow leads to the Orioles winning a World Series, I won't care about any of it, right? Like, Understood. Like, you know, I'm, I was I was a month old the last time that occurred. So, and I'm not suggesting that it will, but I that's they, those are the stakes that we're talking about. If it doesn't, you, you'd rather do that than sign Jay Gibbons and it'll like one hundred percent in the middle right. for, for year after year. I, I get that. We, so we, you'd have to see. It's a gamble, though, as you know. We we have a very low bar right now, which is we think that this losing is better than the last <laughs> decade and a half of losing that they went through. That's an extraordinarily low bar because that was maybe the worst 15 years any franchise has gone through in, in baseball history. Yeah, yeah. Andy Martina, you when— You guys know how to celebrate it when it's good. I was covering that that series, you know, the peak of the Duquette Showalter years when yeah. they were playing Detroit in the division series and just how loud it was. Remember Andrew Miller— coming in and just the place going crazy and i mean i don't have to tell you but but it's there to for the orioles to take it if they want to find it it's very much a baseball town we just haven't had much of a reason to remind everybody that we're a baseball town over the years andy when do you start working on your sticky stuff book when's uh when (laughs) when when are you getting uh, do you need another pandemic in order to make that happen maybe for the time no there's uh there's some stuff on the baseballs in this book actually it was sort of parallel that building up to when I wrote it, I didn't know how bad it, it would blow up this season. But look, in 2017, the Astros uh, were accused by the Dodgers of using different baseballs for their pitchers in the World Series. MLB believed that that was true. Uh, in the 2019 playoffs, the Tampa Bay Rays complained that Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander had their own set of balls. And I mean, this has been going on as a parallel. Uh, certainly, and the Astros were part of this during that time. So it, it, it's. MLB is hoping that the crackdown came before the big scandal. Uh, I think that might be true. I think we might not have an Astros level uh, long term topic here with the sticky stuff in the same exact way, but we'll see. Um, I boy, boy, the Astros—they they were trying, weren't they? They were trying. Sure. God bless. Uh, Andy, really great stuff, man. Uh, I've enjoyed the book a great deal. I know it's at Martino NYC on Twitter is how people can give you a follow. Anything else I can plug for you, sir? That's fine. Thank you. You've done enough. And <laughs> I appreciate Andy, Andy really, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, Glenn. Andy Martino. Again, the book is cheated. It's available right now. It's a fascinating read. Um, you know, I was, I was nervous about how much... Michael Elias's name might pop up. It it really doesn't. Yeah, I mean, again, the distinction talking. he was talking about with Lunau and the, the 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 utter you know ignoring of scouting. From what well, we were it's told, not just Elias, ignoring. That's it's that that it's the wrong way to put it. It ain't ignoring criticism. Perhaps it's it's ruthlessness towards it's it's saying if you if we go back and we find out that a guy that you liked uh, didn't pan out, we're just gonna fire you. I mean, it's utter ruthlessness towards scouting from what we've been led to understand about Elias when he was hired is that's certainly not the case right he has a scouting background and he values those who do um so I, I, I guess you can take a little solace there's, in there's that there's a lot of other things related to the culture of the Astros that were problematic we've sure. heard about some of that stuff and the way that they were treating um people within the organization were treating like female reporters yeah there, there was a lot of problems that had nothing to do with sign stealing Related so to the not exclusive to the Astros either, right? Uh, understood, right. right? But like a lot of them sure. that popped up um, in relation in relation to the Astros. Um, so you just hope that that's not the case. Certainly, don't know for sure whether it is or it isn't. 
What I know for sure is that Great Eights Memorabilia has a number of tremendous events coming up, including whew, the return to training camp crab feast and meet and greet with Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Seafood on July 25th. The Purple Takeover Series at the Maryland State Fair with the majority of the rookies, Hollywood Brown, and so many more. Find out more about all these great events right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. When we come back in, we're going to make a trip to Aberdeen to chat with Jordan Westberg, one of the top prospects in the Orioles system. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their silver anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the devil's backbone brewing company free wings or lots of other great prizes enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary the 25th anniversary menu is available through june 20th come in for great food good sports and family fun Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. glennclarkradio.com. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. And whether your focus is luxury and comfort or convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. It's time for us to make our weekly trip to Aberdeen. We're not weekly, but, you know, bi-weekly, semi-week, whatever you want to call it, trip to Aberdeen. The chat Frequent trip. Frequent trip, sure. The chat with a member of the Ironbirds. Joining us now, I can only imagine how this man is handling this week and the nerves of uh, his guys playing for a national championship. Game one did not go their way, um, but it's an exciting time, no doubt. For Jordan Westberg, who joins us now here on GCR, one of the Orioles' top infield prospects. Jordan, it's uh, Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. How, how are your nerves right now? How are you handling this? Um, last night wasn't too great. No. As, as you, as you pointed out, you know, it was a rough one. Uh, the first inning started awesome. I thought, uh, Homer by Cameron James on top of the first, make it one up and the bottom half of the inning, uh, got out of hand a little bit for us, but that's why it's a three game series and I got trust that our boys will make a pretty so, good comeback here. Okay. So last night you didn't have a game, so you were able to just sit down and watch. So of course, you know, it, it didn't go great for you. Tonight, you guys have a game. H- how do you handle this? Is there someone that's, like, responsible for yelling out updates to you? Like, wait, Caden Grenier admitted, because he's a huge Las Vegas Golden Knights fan, he admitted that, like, he definitely has somebody on staff who's responsible for giving him updates about the game. Do you or do you not have someone whose job that will be during the course of your game tonight? It's... No, so the weird thing is, is I feel like every game that I just go cold, blackout, and don't, have any updates or watch any of the innings uh they've actually done better than hmm. the games okay. that I've watched okay so so I'm my theory is if I can just ignore all updates all scores <laughs> that by the time we get done tonight uh the dogs will have even the series one to one and and then that well but hang on a second won't, won't that be heartbreaking if that's the case tomorrow night can it mean the same to you if you're not at least somehow invested, right? Like, if you completely black out tomorrow night, they're celebrating winning the College World Series. Can it mean the same to you if you're not able to, like, run back in and watch the final out or something like that? It's... Oh, no, no, no. I will still do that. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, so then, all right. I won't be able to – no, game three, I'm I'm afraid I won't be able to have – be able to go without updates. Okay. I'm going to have to stay updated that. I mean, that would be uh, – I mean, it would be the first ever championship in Mississippi State history. I mean, that's like one of those moments where I, even if my theory is correct and and watching it cause them to lose, I can't go without <laughs> the possibility of seeing that we happen. Do, we, we, 
we, we do this all the time. We play a game on Wednesdays. It's Would You Rather Wednesday. And we talk about this all the time. Like, hey, if you agree to not watch any of the games, your team will win the, the Super Bowl, right? And the answer is always back, like, what the hell's the point of winning the Super Bowl if you can't watch it? It's like, yeah. like why, why yeah, would you, you ever can't want enjoy that? it. I don't know what the point is, but right. no, I, I mean, that's tough. I, I know just about every one of those guys on the team, and the, the coaching staff's great, and I'm rooting for them so hard, pulling for them because I, I'm just so close to them, and it's been a special run for those guys. It'd be, it'd be an awesome way to end that season. Sounds like, based on the fact that you would watch it, that maybe you're not the strictest as far as superstitions are concerned, but it does imply that you there's do at least have a, bit. Yeah, there's a at level least. of superstition here. Does that carry think, over in your preparation for games? Like, Do you have any weird routines that you need to do before you play a game? So I think you're spot on. I, I'm stitch, I'm su- like I'm stitious, but not superstitious. You're a little you know, stitious, like, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, no, basically, I'm weird. I mean, I don't have any things that I have to do before the game. Like, I think if I'm going well with one bat or one pair of batting gloves uh, or like an undershirt, you know, it's it would be weird for me to switch it up. Like, I would feel a little out of sorts if I did that. Uh, but it's not like one of those things where I have to go eat the same pregame meal every single day. Like if I get three hits in a game or, or sleep the same number of hours or wake up at the same time, like none of that weird stuff. But, um, I do think that if I'm going, like I said, if I'm going well with maybe a certain piece of clothing, like I ride that out until it doesn't have hits what, in it. What's the Will you at least thing? wash it? I need to know that. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Watch it. No, I. No, no, no. I'm too much of a clean person to to not have any of my stuff watch or go smelling during the game. Like I, I would never do that. Well, wait but a second. I, I, I used to play with a pitcher who uh, wouldn't brush his teeth on oh, no. days that he would start. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. This goes back to the Super Bowl thing. Like, what is the point of being successful if you're gross? Like, what is the point of it? Would he at least if... brush extra on off days? <laughs> <laughs> Try to make you up know, for it somehow. I would love to say that he did, but I do not oh, know the no. answer to that question. So. No. <laughs> you guys are like, hey, man, did you get any mints? You sure? You need you need some more mints for the start yeah. today? You need exactly. That? Oh, man. A lot easier to avoid him during a no-hitter, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. If he's so good, everybody just is on the other end. Of Happy the to leave We're not him. even close to him. No doubt. Jordan Westberg is with us. Orioles first-round pick a year ago with the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Uh, go to ironbirdsbaseball.com slash tickets right now. They're home this week. July 4th fireworks display tickets are also available at ironbirdsbaseball.com slash tickets. Come see some of the Orioles' top prospects like Jordan Westberg and Gunnar Henderson and Drew Rahm right now. Again, ironbirdsbaseball.com slash tickets. Um, Jordan, it was a weird year last year, right? Um, you, you, you go through the draft process – you, you kind of have to play the waiting game. What what was life like um, last August, September, into your first pro year? Obviously, it's it's gone pretty well for you uh, this year, but what, what was life like? How were you able to stay sharp coming into this first pro season? Yeah, it, it was a little weird. Um, it was definitely different. You know, um, I was able to go back home, though, um, stay with my parents uh, back in Texas, and uh, – I felt like I was back in high school. You know, me and my dad would go out every day, and he would hit me ground balls and throw me BP, um, just like I did when I was little trying to get to college baseball, you know. And uh, that was the special part 
about being back home is that I could I could share that bond again with me and my dad. He's a huge fan of the game, follows or has followed my my whole career, and is just so invested. And uh, I kind of attribute some of the ways that I was able to stay sharp and just just to him, you know, uh, kind of sacrificing some time and effort in order for me to try to chase a little bit more of my dream, you know, and um, I was lucky enough again to to be invited to Instructs that we had in October down in Sarasota, which was my first um, little taste of pro ball, which was awesome. I, I got to start building relationships with guys like Gunner and, and Taryn and um, meet co- all the coaches and staff members that I'm playing for and under uh, this year. Uh, and then, you know, those two things combined, uh, along with a good off season, I think I just felt prepared going into spring training and now spring training to the season. And um, we're just going to keep trying to trying to go up and up from here. And it's it's been successful, obviously. Jordan Westberg is with us between um, low A ball and now up to high A ball and, and playing, you know, primarily at shortstop, but getting some third base in as well. Um, where are you position wise? Like, are you are you confident that moving? You are a long term shortstop. I know you're going to say, "Hey, I'm going to do whatever the organization asks me to do," and I get that. But I think we all know, like, there is something about being a major league shortstop and achieving that 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 means something more to every organization. Are you confident in your abilities that that's that's what you're going to be for the Baltimore Orioles for some time to come? Yeah, I I think I'm definitely confident that I can be that guy. Um, I trust my abilities there. I trust that I'm only going to keep getting better and learning from uh, the, both mistakes and the failure or mistakes and the successes that I have at that position. Um, but at the end of the day, like I mean, like you said, and I know you don't want to hear this, uh, but like it's whatever the Orioles ha- have planned for me. You know, like I can have my minor league career mapped out yep. any way that I want it. But as soon as I get to that big league roster, you know, it's on a, on my debut, it's wherever they need me to play. You 100%. Know, if, it's, if it's third base, so be. If it's second base, first base, left field, center field, right field, you know, I feel like I could go out there and play any of those positions any given day. Um, catching would probably take a little bit of time. <laughs> uh, I feel like I could get up on the mound and mix it up a little bit. Throw a nice little sixty-one mile an hour rainbow <laughs> pitch or something. But by the way, Zach Greinke yeah. doesn't throw that much more than that for what it's worth. Hey, I know, I know, and look what he's doing, man! No look doubt. how long he's been playing. So, uh, no, but I, I do think that I could stick at the shortstop position. But like I said, um, uh, I've been playing third plenty down here. I feel confident there. I feel like I'm definitely getting better over there. Um, and then I. We shift so much too. I basically mm-hmm. basically played a ton of second base, so uh, I feel confident anywhere on the infield and wherever wherever it takes me to get to the big leagues is what I'll do. And uh, hopefully, sooner rather than later, I can be making an impact with the big league club. Is there a little bit of like a healthy rivalry defensively between yourself and Gunnar Henderson about like who is going to be the shortstop? Yeah, no doubt, and I think that's what makes us. Uh, so good together you know uh, we feed off of each other we uh, both of our competitive fires fuels the other uh, and we're there to to make each other better because we both want to break that big league club around the same time and make the the same sort of impact we can uh, for Baltimore and the Orioles as an organization. How aware are you, Jordan, of like, you know, everybody knows what's going on within the organization. I mean, you'd have to be insane to not know what's going on in the rebuild concept. But 
specifically related to like the middle infield situation and that that you know until last year's draft there was this thought that this is where the holes were for the Baltimore Orioles as an organization when you looked at them from top to bottom you didn't see those guys how aware are you of like sort of the eyeballs that are on you as being and you bring up Gunner you guys being the the hope to address that long term and and is there a pressure maybe that comes along with that, that a lot of guys probably don't have to deal with when they're at a ball within an organization. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all aware of it. Um, but I think we view that pressure as a privilege, you know, um, I think that it makes us want to get there that much work more, you know, more like there's this opportunity in front of us that, um, like you said, you'd be crazy to not see it. Right. And, you'd be even crazier to not go for it. Right. So, um, we're striving every day to, to fill that void as soon as possible. Um, now, you know, baseball is a weird game and some guys may take a little bit longer than others. And, you know, everybody has different paths, but, uh, that opportunity is there. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. And, um, that makes, that puts us, uh, as middle infielders in a special special situation um where if you can prove that you can play it at each level you have the opportunity to make it to the big leagues pretty quickly and have the possibility of staying there um for the longevity of uh however long the orioles you know want you so it's pretty special to be a this organization and, and while <laughs> there is a little bit of pressure um i think most guys uh that i've met are are handling it well and focusing on just playing well every single day. And I feel like it's got to come along with an amount of excitement too, right? Like that, that not every organization has, you know, this much of an atmosphere for, for A-level games, right? There, are, they, they, It feels like more people are invested in what you guys are doing than, you know, that maybe, you know, like Cincinnati Reds fans are invested in, in their A-ball or that the, you know, Los Angeles Dodgers fans are investing their A-ball. There's got to be an amount of excitement when you get to the ballpark knowing that there is the interest in what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's awesome getting to the ballpark and having fans that are Orioles fans, yeah, right? Like uh, yeah. from Maryland that are rooting for us every single day because they want us to go help the big league club eventually. You know, like it's it makes it more fun to play in front of uh, hometown fans in a way. And, um yeah, it, it is special. It is exciting. Everybody can feel like the energy, uh, no matter what position you play, really. You know, um, I know everybody in this organization wants to get to the big league club. And um, like you said, there's just there's tons of opportunities. There's, t- there's tons of, of holes that could be filled here in the next few years. And uh, everybody's trying to fill them as quickly as possible. Did you have any like, relationships with anyone that was already in the organization? When, like when you heard it was the Orioles during the draft. Was there anybody like, oh, I'm going to get to reconnect with so-and-so? Like, did you know anybody at all? Did you have any relationship to the Baltimore Orioles system in any way when you found out that's where you're going to be headed? So nobody player-wise. I did spend a summer playing in a collegiate summer ball uh, league in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Okay. Right after I graduated high school. And I actually, on an off day, I actually – traveled to Baltimore and took a tour of Camden Yards. I got to watch Machado play when he was That's still cool. with the Orioles at third base. Yeah. Um, so I was very familiar with uh, 
Camden with uh, like the Inner Harbor downtown area just because of I spent basically a whole day there um, just touring and getting to sightsee. So when I got to go back and sign um, after I got drafted, it was kind of like, oh, I've actually been here before. Like this feels like deja vu. Um, and it was pretty cool. Um, so that was, that's my only connection well, to neat, like, the organization as a, as a whole, but it was a good one. Oh, I think that's a neat one. Absolutely. Have you heard any like horror stories from any of your buddies about the uh, quality of fields that they're playing on in the minor leagues? And are you very thankful that you get to play <laughs> on such a beautiful field like Ripken <laughs> Stadium? Yeah, yeah. No, I've none, none of my buddies have told me any horror stories, but I've heard plenty of horror stories from guys that, you know, around the league and, you know, Guys that you know through a couple friends or so and so. And, uh, no, we're very fortunate. You know, Del Marva was an awesome ballpark, and now Aberdeen is uh, beautiful. It's like brand new. You yeah. know, the turf is is awesome to play on too, just because you know you're not gonna have to deal with any of the weird conditions or weird hops. Um, so no, I've been very fortunate. I think the Orioles have done a great job with. Um, kind of accommodating for us as minor league players and, and upping the quality of life and quality of play for us. All right, so uh, I want to wrap with this, Jordan. It's uh, 4th of July week. We mentioned fireworks Saturday and Sunday with the Ironbirds. You are throwing a barbecue uh, on Monday. What is on the menu for the 4th of July get-together with the boys if you're in charge of everything? Oh, all right. Well, uh, definitely some steaks. Um, some bur- some cheeseburgers, bacon cheeseburgers. That's not an option. There's no plain hamburgers. <laughs> I, I respect this. I want that to be. I yeah. respect the fact that you would say no. I will not serve a burger that does not have bacon on it. That's the way that the good Lord intended for things to be. Yeah, and cheese too. I mean, unless no there's a, like a little cheese out, dairy allergy or something, sure. then we can we can call an audible. Yeah, but you might make yeah, an bacon exception. Cheeseburgers, yeah. steaks. Uh, We'll go with some mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, baked beans. Um, no salad, probably. <laughs> lettuce is okay. Lettuce, lettuce is fine on the burger. For the burger, lettuce right, yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. What but kind of no cheese? No salad. Yeah, we're going uh, straight barbecue meats and yeah. sides. Um, definitely some, some brews for the guys. Um that's kind of up uh, preferred, to you, preferred, I mean, prefer, okay. Preferred lawn game for the preferred one. Like, is, is it cornhole? Is it can jam? Like, what's the preferred lawn game for the Fourth of July get together? Man, I just spent three years in Mississippi, so I'm gonna have to go cornhole. Okay, I, I respect pretty, it. Yeah, got I'm, pretty good at that tailgating. So. Wait, are, are you the type that can like knock? You know, like if you got, like, I see some of these like pro cornhole dudes that like can knock, like immediately. Put it know, wherever you want. Like I'm definitely gonna knock this this bean uh, this bag in, and the other one's gonna go off the board at the same time. Are you are you that good that you can throw like the cornhole trick shots? <laughs> no, I'm not that good. Okay, but I I'm pretty confident in my skills, so. I, I feel like I I can maybe get half of what you just asked. I okay. can probably knock one in, but it's better not than I'm doing. It's off. better than I'm yeah. doing for yeah. sure. Got to know what's your preferred cheese on a cheeseburger? I like pepper jack. All right, uh, I, mean, I, I like I a little that. bit of spice. I, I like love yeah. that. I love that as a play. All right, uh, it's at Jordan underscore CW twenty one on Twitter. What about on Instagram, Jordan? Where can people follow you there? 
Same thing. Same same, uh, same handle. Give them a follow there. And, again, get to ironbirdsbaseball.com slash tickets right now in order to get yours. You never know. You might be there to see Jordan Westberg uh, smash a grand slam and whip everyone into a frenzy like he did the other day. Um, Jordan, awesome to see what you're doing so far. Can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes to join us this morning. Continued health and, and, and success the rest of the season, all right? Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. Jordan Westberg, Aberdeen Ironbirds, one of the uh, top uh, infield prospects in the Orioles system. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. We'll push the break. Um, we'll get back into some baseball talk later on this hour. Eric Longenhagen from Fangraphs is going to join us. We'll talk some MLB draft. But before we do that, I had to do it a little bit earlier because of her schedule as she's training for the uh, the Olympics. But we got a, a Harford County girl who is getting ready to go captain the U.S. rugby team as they try to win uh, a medal at the Olympics for the first time. Abby Gastitis right now here on GCR to be joined now here on Glenn Clark Radio by an Olympian and one of our own, uh, the pride of North Hartford High School in Hartford County, and she's getting ready to uh, help Team USA as one of the captains for the uh, Rugby Sevens team in Tokyo. It's a pleasure to welcome Abby Gastitis to the show. Abby, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Stoked and couldn't be more proud to be from Maryland and representing in Tokyo this summer. That's awesome. All right, so I have to ask, how North Hartford are you? Did you ever ride your own or someone else's tractor to school at any point in high school? I knew that was going to be the first question. <laughs> <laughs> People's jaws drop in California when I tell them we had dr- right, drive your tractor to school day. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. And no, I did not participate, but I was always ecstatic to leave class to check out other people's tractors <laughs> it <laughs> is it, <laughs> it is part of the fabric of the culture at north harford i i live in i'm not terribly far away i'm in baltimore county i'm in moncton um okay. so i have a lot of friends that were at north harford and it is very much a fabric of the culture mm-hmm. ride your tractor to school day is so important <laughs> there abby i was uh, i was doing some background on you your path to rugby is fascinating to me you you were a little bit older when you came into the sport correct Definitely. I didn't even know what rugby was until I was at in college at the University of Maryland. And it was 18. I found out about it, started playing 19. You know, a, a young spry 30 now. So I figured, <laughs> why not give it my best? Yeah, it worked. The time wise, it's worked out OK for you. Did you play? What did you play in high school? What, what were you involved with athletically? I mostly played basketball, but okay. I played a little bit of field hockey as well, and then like softball and baseball growing up. So when you finished high school, did you like assume that your athletic career was over? Did you just sort of say like, hey, I'm going to move on to something else in life? Pretty much exactly that. Okay, this <laughs> is this is wild to me. Like this is wild. You were done. You were out. And so somebody introduces you to rugby, and was it love at first sight, or was it like, ah, oh, this is cool? Like, I, how does that go? I found the sport so intriguing like the physicality of it you play basketball right like you're ch- body checking people when you can but there's nothing like rugby for women like sure. yeah you can try and play american football but it's obviously not the norm and so to find a sport that 
was completely equivalent to the men's version where rules are the same. You know, women's lacrosse. I tried to play that. Sure. Honestly, so boring. Yep. I was like, <laughs> oh, I understand. I call women's lacrosse all the time. And even the people, even the greatest women's lacrosse players are like, look, it's frustrating to us too. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, that's not the sport for me. Um, but then, yeah, I found rugby. But the culture of rugby was unlike any sport I'd ever come across and just so welcoming. Um, you know, there's a spot for everyone on the team. And I was like, you know, I, I played high school sports, but like, I've never played this sport. I don't even know if they'll want me to come and sure. try. And they were like, yeah, no, you like, you're big. Come on out. Like you're almost six feet tall. Like we'll take you. I was like, all right, we'll give it a go. And then, yeah, I definitely stuck around because of the culture and the camaraderie that was instantaneous, but the sport I've, it's literally my passion in life that I found when, you know, I'm at University of Maryland and 10 years later, here we are. That's so cool. She's Abby Gastaitis. She's an Olympian. She's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio from Hartford County. Um, Abby, so how does it go from, dis- you know, discovering the sport that you didn't know anything about to, you know, a decade later, you're going to participate in the Olympics. You're one of the best players in the world. Like, that, that seems like an awfully quick, I know it's a decade, but still, like, from from just discovering a sport to now, how does that happen? I I did fall in love with it, so I put my heart and soul into it. Like during college, it wasn't as serious, you know. I was I was on path to go to medical school. Okay. I was like I'm a doctor, like that's my plan, that's the route I'm choosing. And so I played rugby throughout college, but I was also very keen on my studies and that was the plan. And then I found sevens, which is what I play now. Yep. So before I was just playing 15s and I found sevens in right after college in 2014, I became an all American in 15s kind of got that idea that there was a national team. And I was like, Oh, maybe this is something I could do. And I found sevens. And then that version, like it's the same size field, but it's only seven B seven the game is only 14 minutes long. So it is over in a flash and it's just incredibly hard work. Like it tests you in every capacity. And that's what I've always loved about sport. And so once I found that the finesse of the game and I would just wake up at like three in the morning to go watch all the international tournaments, the national teams playing in Dubai and Cape town and I would just be on my computer, like huddled up under a blanket, like trying to learn everything I could about this sport. And I honestly still do that to this day. (laughs) You kind of are going over there, but we're not going. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm watching in the middle of the night. (laughs) Somebody's like, Abby, we're going out tonight. You're like, eh, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I got plans. I'm sorry. I'll go out for an an hour and then got to be back. Do you, do you remember a moment where like the Olympic dream began for you? Do you remember a moment where it became more than like something you were doing for fun or even that you were good at? And like, now there's a, a real Olympic dream here. I would say it started in about 2015 for me. I was playing, I played my first summer of, rugby sevens and it was incredible you go to nationals and we came in fourth which sucked right like mm-hmm. that's just the worst right <laughs> you leave, you, you own the, you're the first team off the boat you're just yeah watching <laughs> like <laughs> and then i started playing in dc after college for a few club teams and i had a few coaches that were like oh like you could be pretty good at this like let's give it a shot and so i just started playing every chance I could 
And then you kind of travel around like you would with like AAU basketball or something, traveling around playing rugby in different countries, internationally, all-star type teams. And then the national team coach at the time saw me play. And he was like, he was like, Oh, like I see potential in you. Like you're still pretty raw and like a sevens and I'm, like not the fastest girl on the field. And that's like what sevens typically is. So that's why I always stayed away from sevens. So I was okay. like, oh, it's for wingers. It's for those girls who are just going to do the hundred meter dashes. And I was like, that's not really You're me. too tough for that. You're, you're yeah. yeah. yeah like that. <laughs> and so that's, I had put it off for a while. And then I was like, I was like, no, let's mix this up. Like I can do it. Like, and so I got invited out to train, uh, Chula Vista, in California, which is where the Olympic Training Center is, and went out there in March 2015. I was, they offered me 600 bucks a month. That's it to come out play. I moved across the country from DC, where I was working full time for a plastic surgeon. Yeah, I was gonna say just as good as your medical school, just the same. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. My mother's jaw dropped as well. I'm just like, um, come again. I'd already applied to medical school. Wow. Like, wow. My primary application. I took the MCAT twice. Like, I was, it's starting to sound like you had to make the Olympics at this point. Like you had yeah. to get that goal in order to be able to say to everybody, no, this wasn't a way. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, I went out in 2015. So right it's in 2016. And then we had three head coach changes in the lead up in the last year lead up to the Olympics. And the second coach was like, this isn't for you. Like, this isn't the sport for you. Like, <sighs> turns out she gets fired a week later. Well, so, what did she know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you either honestly but damn damn <laughs> oh my but alas didn't make the 26 and, and you guys clearly have stayed in touch since then you've developed yeah, a great <laughs> but um so here we are i i you know get cut from the national team you're like you know i guess that I, I didn't have it didn't have what it takes and then i went back and played club sevens, which is how I started. Okay. And I just like re fell in love with the sport. I was like, you know what? No, I do love this. Like, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I had different coaches, super supportive, encouraging. I ended up going to Australia to play sevens. And then I went and made the 15s world cup team in 2017. Again, we came in fourth. It's like, it's a theme. I'm not, I'm not with That's it. not okay. It's not okay. It's got to change. Yes. Um, and then, so I eventually got invited back to the Olympic training center and in 2017, and then I've been there since, and we had one more coaching change and he's been the head coach since the summer of 2018 and now going into Tokyo. So it's been pretty consistent. Um, we had a little rocky start, um, the head coach and myself at the beginning, I, I made a team, I didn't make a team. So like you're in this full-time environment, but then a 12 get named every time you go play. Okay. So we play like eight tournaments throughout the year. Okay. There's like 20 to 25 girls up for selection. And so in that 12, I missed out on that 12 twice in 2018, 2019 season. And, you know, it starts to get in the back of your head, like, okay, maybe, you know, they see big picture, maybe that's what's best. And then, you know, you just claw your way back in there. <laughs> like, 
Well, okay, now to go from that, and we're talking about the abigastitis, to go from that to becoming a captain, right? Like, how how does that happen? To go from, you know, clawing just to be on the roster to, like, suddenly being someone that has that much cachet and that much respect within the team. Yeah, I think a super humbling experience and honored to be one of the captains on the squad. Um, we've, our myself and the, our coach, we've come a long way and we've gotten to know each other, and I'm in case you couldn't tell, like super outspoken. No, couldn't. Very, was not was not getting that at all. Not, not the former coach doesn't think that either. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of like with me, you you know, you get you get what you get. Like I'm not gonna like be rude to you, but I will very much tell you what I think and what I see. And I just think that like transparency was a little newer to some of the people around the team and we have a huge mix of people. Like we have so many incredible players and women on our team, but we're all so different, right? Like we come from all over the States. Sure. And so I think just like the continuing drive, like I'm, I'm always going to give it my very best in every training. I'm going to encourage the girls and I'm going to speak up when it, something needs to be said. And so I think like slowly over time, like he saw value in that as one of the leaders for the team and super grateful. And I think we're in a really good place now and we're just amped to get on that plane and go to Tokyo. So, so everything you've accomplished already to this point in your career, right? Which is, it's remarkable. Your story is unbelievable, but now to do this and to be there and to have had to have waited a year and to go through all the, will it happen? Won't it happen? What is this going to mean to you when you land, when you're there? Have you, like dreaming dreams like this seem really overwhelming. Can can you put into words what this is going to mean? I literally have chills just thinking about even just pulling on that jersey and just stepping out onto that field. It's like, especially here in the in the states, like I'm marrying an English person, so he yeah. doesn't like the Olympic vibe. Like in America, really it's huge. Like he gets it and he realizes. Like, but I feel like. Us here growing up in America, like every summer, every winter, the Olympics were on like those two, three weeks, you are just glued. Shut to the down. Top. Yeah. Like, no, we're not doing anything. We're not playing outside. Like yep. <laughs> we're, yep. we're watching. And like, I can just remember sitting on the living room floor and my parents, like just watching the Olympics, gymnastics, like figure skating, literally curling everything. Like, it's just so wild to think that I'm on that stage now. It's cool. And it's, it's. Like just the amount of pride that I feel, it's like it's it's overwhelming, and I'm just yeah, I'm just so proud to be where I am and excited. Just want to represent my friends and family, Harford County. Yeah, by and, the way, big big Olympics for Harford County. Obviously, you Chase Kalish, of course, from Falston and swimming, and uh, Johnny Stefanowitz is a wrestler from Bel Air. Like big Olympics for Harford County. This is a uh, this is kind of the moment that Harford County has been waiting for. Right? All the attention that uh, uh, Baltimore got. For, yeah, right. <laughs> um, Let's bring it home. It's really cool. It's a really cool thing. Um, what's it going to take to make sure you don't get left off the medal stand this time around? What's it going to take to make sure that it's not fourth place? I think presence. Like that's. I think it, it always comes down to it. Like I said, it's it's fourteen minute game. It's two seven minute halves. Anything can happen. They can score on you two times. But as long as we're sticking to what we know, like we're in the moment, then I, I back us all day to stay in the fight and carry it out. 
we just played this weekend in LA against a great yeah. side of Great Britain. They, they're an incredible team. Uh, we played f- four matches against them and it, we showed a lot of resilience and I think that's exactly what we're going to need going into Tokyo. There's a lot of top teams there. All right. So I got a couple, before we let you go, I got to handle a couple things. Abby Gostaitis is with us here on GCR. Uh, you mentioned your fiance, uh, also a rugby player, correct? Yeah. So what, what is that dynamic like for the two of you? <laughs> like, are you, is it, we don't talk about rugby once we get home? Like how, how do you handle both of you doing the same thing professionally? Well, so he is retired from okay. he played for England and then played in the premiership over there. And so he just works um, in uh, rugby and he's a rugby analyst now. Okay. So mostly for 15s aside, but he's always trying to give me pointers on our scrum. And I'm like, no, I don't. That's, see, that's the that's the thing, right? Like, like, I got it. I got it. He's like, you really don't. <laughs> I I could see that being like, hey, I appreciate that you're tr- that you think you're trying to help, but like I'm home now. I kind of want to leave work at work. Yeah, that, yeah, um, right. You know, I, f- I have to throw in a few jabs. He played the 15s aside. I play sevens. I'm like, you're just like a lesser athlete. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I can take your advice seriously. Oh my god, that's <laughs> funny. Oh, that's funny. Is he yeah, going to, I know that this year, is he going to get to go or is that not an option because of COVID? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, he won't get to travel over there, but he'll be watching here with, you know, friends and family. So who is the, who is the other Olympic athlete that like, if you see in the village, you're not going to be able to stop yourself from fangirling. Like you're going to have to go over and get a, a picture with or something like that. It's- I mean, Rafa Nadal is like my hero in tennis and in sport. Like, I think he's an incredible athlete and like the mental toughness that you have to show in tennis to be in the in the zone for hours on end is like absolutely unreal to me. So he he's he's at the top. I don't even think he's probably going to go. He's been there before. Unfortunately, and he, and he just pulled out of Wimbledon. I, yeah, yeah I don't... unlikely, but. I mean, there's some Allison Felix is yep. incredible five times Olympian mom like amazing. That, she's amazing. That's unreal. Yeah, no doubt. So, no doubt. She's at she's at the top of the list. Okay, so now how would you? Are you the type that like you're you would maybe semi stalk like if you happen to see them across the way you'd be like oh I'll find a reason to linger here just to have them. 100%. Okay, all right. I, re- <laughs> yeah. I respect or that. I'll just be like yo Allison. You you you'll go for it. You'll just go for it. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah we're we caught up back in wherever <laughs> shoot my shot like what, what are they she gonna say no go for it just go for it right like what do you have to lose you're you know you're there you're supposed to be there you guys are our teammates if you will same yeah that's awesome oh that's so cool um and then do you know about anything like is your family hosting watch parties or anything like that do you know how they're gonna handle uh the olympics yeah, yeah. so my mom is trying to rally her siblings and just do the whole red white and blue go all in set the alarms because who knows what times we're going to be planning but yeah they're gonna they're gonna do it up and then the friends here in san diego i'm sure it's just all gonna be a big gathering you know 
it's very on COVID's over, so it's fine. Yeah, right. Let's do it. Right. Let's get together. Let's hang out. Get you get vaxxed. Get everything's good, man. Let's. I've I have definitely. By the way, that has definitely been my attitude. I have been. Oh, it's over. I need to be out. I need to be with people. I got the vax. We're good. But Let's go. Be, but oh man, Abby, this is this social is, distance gathering. Yes, that's definitely what we're saying. I want to make that very clear. Abby, what can we plug for you? Um, social media, website, any any business you're involved with, um, yeah, anything at Instagram all? Instagram is where I'm at, at A-Town1022. It's, you know, I could have just gone and switched up back to my name, but I got I got my nickname in college, A-Town. I was always down. Ah, there we go. I was going to... Not so much. I'm down to go to bed at 9 p.m. And get up and watch uh, rugby in the morning. <laughs> get up. That's you did what it. Correct. That's what you're down to do. I told, I'm 37, so I've been out of that world. I got two kids now. Like There is oh, none yeah. of that in my life. Absolutely I, I, I am down for a nap. That's what I'm Damn. down for. Uh, that is awesome. Abby, we're so happy for you. Seriously. Congratulations. Uh, incredible that, that you've accomplished this incredible story and probably a lesson to a lot of people that they've given up on their own, you know, like pursuits and say, wow, you know, like you can still accomplish great things. Um, even if things don't work out. And even if a coach tells you you're not good enough, Abby, uh, best of luck in Tokyo. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Very cool. Abby Gastaitis, she's awesome. Um, very, very impressive human and uh, really happy for her and rooting for her as she heads over to uh, Tokyo to participate in the Olympics. Uh, look forward to um, seeing what it is that she's able to accomplish. She tries to bring back a medal and uh, no longer living in uh, the area. She's living out in California, but uh, a Harford County native, and that's a very cool, very, very cool story. All right, today's show is brought to you by the BMW Championship. The 70 of the top golfers are headed to Caves Valley. There was a big event yesterday, Media Day, celebrating the upcoming BMW Championship. It's going to be an awesome time. The top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Kays Valley this summer. Secure your tickets right now by going to bmwchampionship.com. We want to make sure not only that this is an amazing event, this is an incredible event to begin with that you should be out there for, but there's that opportunity for there to be even more big-time golf events coming to Caves Valley, depending on how this one goes. So we want to make sure we support that, uh, the BMW Championship this summer right here at Caves. Every week we have a uh, MLB draft conversation. We've been doing it for a couple of months now as we lead it towards the 2021 MLB draft, which is now less than two weeks away. Holy crap, that just struck me. We are less than, it's, it's a week from this Sunday night that the draft gets underway. Joining us now to tell us a little bit more about uh, his thoughts at the top of the draft. He is not only a draft analyst, but a prospects guy. For fan graphs, we welcome Eric Longenhagen into the program. Eric, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, Jeff. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's great to chat with you, man. Eric, where are you? Are, are we at the point now where, like, we still don't know a lot of things, but we're comfortable with the idea that we, the number one pick is going to be Marcelo Mayer and the draft sort of starts after that? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Take that off no. the list then. <laughs> you know, the especially the way that Pirates GM Ben Sherrington has behaved at his other stops, I think that there there's there's absolutely no way that, that the dust is settled at one. I think that what the Pirates are likely to want to do just because 
the, the players in that top tier are all pretty close to the same uh, quality is that they'll, they'll take a deal if they can cut one the same way that like Houston did years ago where Byron Buxton was numero uno on everyone's board but wanted top dollar and Carlos Correa was willing to take a haircut and that let them sign Lance McCullers uh, for an overslot bonus later in the draft. Like That is just the way Pittsburgh has behaved since Charrington has been around, yeah. uh, and what he's done at most in, at most places is you know, take a college guy uh, with those high picks. They haven't always worked out whether he was the, the Red Sox GM or the AGM in Toronto, uh, but anywhere Charrington has been, it's been college guy and typically cutting a deal. So, you know, the the Pirates have been pretty tight lipped about it, uh, uh, as they should be. And even like the agents of the teams in that top tier don't have a great feel for what it is they they want to do. Uh, I think honestly, the more we all mock Marcelo Meyer number one, the less likely it is that he goes there. Okay. The more likely it is that someone like Henry Davis does or something. So no, I don't think the dust has settled that one yet. Well, okay, so it's interesting you bring this up about the Pirates, Eric, because I think a lot of people would say similar things about the Orioles, right? Like the assumption yeah. is that they're going to take a college bat or they're going to try to cut a deal and they're going to do those types of things. Is there a world in which we get to five and, you know, somehow there's a Jack Leiter sitting there at five or somehow, you know, there's a Jordan Lawler sitting there at five that even what the Orioles might have done in the past maybe gets thrown out of the window based on what the first four teams do and who's somehow sitting there with the fifth pick to be had. Yes, I think that there's absolutely all it takes. If you think that the top tier of the draft is like the three high school shortstops and Jack Leiter, uh, all it takes is one weird thing happening ahead of Baltimore for one of those dudes to be there and you just take them and offer them slots. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know exactly how the Orioles are going to line up their board. Uh, it is absolutely, you nailed it, Mike Elias' M.O. to uh, cut under slot like he was the guy spearheading the draft I just talked about in Houston. He's been seen a lot at the high school bat games. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been in to see Brady House. He's been in to see, you know, like the high school hitters going at the top of the draft. Um so I do think there's a scenario where if someone is just there for whatever weird reason, like because Detroit goes off the board at three or whatever it is, uh, that they might just scoop up the guy who's at the top of their board if they think it's good enough value. And if they have a tier, let's say they have a tier of four guys at the very top and those four guys all go ahead of them, that is the scenario in which I think they'll cut. Um, is it with a high school or will it be with a college bat? I think it'll be dictated by where their options have homes behind them. And the one who doesn't have a home until deepest in the draft is the player who has the most incentive to take a big cut at pick five. Uh, Colton Kouser with Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that guy is one of the best. I think he's the best pure hit tool in the draft. Hmm. And, uh, you know, like, he's being mocked in, in the middle of round one. Like, I just think that guy comes off in the top ten heuristically, like he just belongs in there. Hmm. Um, and so, like, if it's true that that guy doesn't really have homes, his name's not being discussed uh, until the middle of round one, then maybe that's a late, a late bubbling name here uh, to cut with in the middle of the top ten. Like, it's just a really, really stable bat for me. Um, I haven't heard him attached to the Orioles specifically. Sure. Uh, but the D-backs behind them at six, uh, I know, have had big heat in to see him. So, that's a, that's a sleeper name to throw in, but you guys have probably heard the other ones. 
I mean, we've heard South Freelick. We've heard, I, you know, I, I guess the problem is it just doesn't seem to be a college bat type of draft, right? Like, it seems there's Henry Davis and you bring up Kowser, Freelick a little bit. It just doesn't seem like it's a, it's a heavy college bat draft early on. Yeah, there's not, there's not the, the typical – some of it is because we didn't have a 2020 season, and so there's not like a two-year statistical track record right. for some of these guys. There's just one. Right, the guys who had a good, who like either didn't play as freshmen or had a bad freshman year, and then had their sophomore year wiped out by COVID, have one year of statistical performance to stand on, and so there's, there's, yeah, there's like a shortage of college bats. Really, the place in the draft that it it feels like they're missing is from the pick 15 through 30 area, like who the college hitters who bubble up from that second round uh, comp round mix into the middle to back of the first round is, is, you know, that that's the interesting thing about the draft in general this year that like teams have different opinions about, but, but yeah, like the college bats who will be available in the, in the top 10 and, and just afterward, Matt McLean, South Raelick, uh like they're rock solid guys. They are the types of players who will typically go in that 15 area and now, yeah, like you said, they're moving up into like that 7 to 12 area just because there aren't any other college bats to take. So I want to pull the thread a little bit more on the notion of Elias scouting high school guys here. Is this like a where there's smoke, there's fire sort of deal? Like, is it significant that it's Mike Elias coming to see these players play and not one of the scouts working under him? Or is it maybe, you know, not reasonable to draw too many conclusions from that? Well... You know, the reason that baseball mock drafts tend to do better than the other sports is because of two things. And one is that the agents are part of the process more so than in other sports because there's not hard slotting. So you have to negotiate with the agents to agree to a number, and those agents can just be a good source of information for people like me. And then the other thing is that for the longest time, and this is starting to change, but for the longest time in baseball you just had to be there in person, especially when it comes to the high school kids, because the same level of video and technology that allows you to evaluate guys remotely didn't exist for high schoolers. Um, and like when you're a GM of a big league team, you can't just re- like you can't smoke screen. You don't have time to get on a plane and go see a high school kid as like a smoke screen. So like yeah, if you're a GM and and we see you at a game or my sources see you at a game. Uh, that's a strong indicator to me. So, yeah, I think that, that some of the places he's been, absolutely at least those players have been in their mix, uh, that, that you know he's not going to go to a game unless there's real genuine interest there. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I take all that stuff to, as, as meaningful, as meaningful data point when it comes to lining up how these teams are going to behave here uh, a little over a week from now. And I think that um, – that it's a very strong indicator of who, at least who their mix is. Uh, and then, you know, like there are going to be times when you're an executive and you're in to see one player and a few miles away at an efficient time, another player is going and you just like happen to be in there, but that's pretty rare. So yeah, I, I think that it's, it's meaningful to me. You mentioned Brady House. Is is he the one that has been maybe most heavily scouted by Elias? Is it an even split? Well, we, we, or? we know that he went to see him against Dylan Lesko a little while ago, right? It's... Right, yeah. And this is like, you know, I, Kylie may have been there. My, my ex-writing right. partner, Kylie McDaniel at ESPN, 
uh, yeah, I think Kylie was probably just in there, and that's part of why. And like, <laughs> so many people were in there. Yeah, and Dylan Lesko is like the, the monster twenty twenty two, and so like you got agents in there to see him and court him and all that stuff. So, so yeah, I, I'm sure he's been all over the place. If you're a GM picking in the top five, then you you probably need to see at some point, you know, close to ten players uh, just for that pick. So uh, he's for sure been in to see Brady house. Um, and house is, is a good prospect. It's not house. Isn't necessarily the type of prospect who I would expect them to take just because it's a corner guy with like some swing and miss issues from, from last summer. But, um, but the measurable exit velos have always been a driving variable for Elias drafts, whether it was in Houston or here in Baltimore and, and Brady house certainly has those, uh, for an 18-year-old kid, he's he's one of the biggest, strongest, most physical 18-year-old kids I've ever seen. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I guess he would be in their mix, but um, but just offhand, you know, I I would say there are some some there's some stuff there that makes him a little less likely to be okay be part of that. Like I would rather just take like falling rocker or you know one of the the high school shortstops or you know if lighter gets there, which I I seem to I, I would doubt. Sure. Even even Henry Davis, I think I'd rather take than Brady House. Eric Longenhagen from Fangraphs with us here on GCR. Eric, I want to use your um, your draft expertise and combine it with your prospect expertise for this question because I've been posing it to a lot of people, which is, you know, the Orioles, as they've began this process, it was college bats, and obviously the Kerstad thing is such an unknown at this point, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, and certainly his health is far more important than anything related to baseball. But it, 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 where they are is it sensical for them timeline-wise to follow up college players as the early picks with a high school player as an early pick this year now that we're in year three of this process? Does that work? And I know that somebody's going to say, well, you know, you always take the good player. Maybe you'd say, hey, it depends on who the high schooler is. Some of them are so good that it doesn't matter what your timeline is. Go get that guy, right? But, like, is that a logical thing for an organization that so far hasn't shown – like the willingness to extend, you know, buyout guys arbitration years to extend windows. Like it, it looks like they're building at the moment for a, a timeline that it's got to work in. And then they're going to have to prove what they're going to be as an organization. Does drafting a high schooler that early in year three of this make that much sense? I think, I think that the, I lean on the best player available maxim to, especially in baseball, there's just so much attrition Sure. Because the timeline between when you get picked and when you end up in the big leagues, even if you're a college guy, uh, is is three times longer than any other sport. Yep. Um, I think that their their strategy since the regime change has been less about ooh we like college guys they're safe, and more about how do we acquire the most the greatest number of like honest to goodness prospects. And that has been taking the college guys early. I mean, Ali Rushman was just the best guy. Sure. But, like, in the Heston Kerstad case, it's we can cut a deal here. This guy is about as good as everybody left, and, uh, but isn't going to go until close to 10. And so we can cut a big deal here, and it means that we get Kobe Mayo later. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we get a prep arm, a million-dollar prep arm later that we wouldn't get. So I think that, that it was more about – diversifying and and leaning on building depth rather than like taking a big swing at the guy you think is like the best at the at the cost of flexibility later in the draft um but 
to your question, uh, I think that it's just, I think it's fine. Like, if, if high schoolers, good players are just good all the time. Like, this is part of the thing that, that has been sort of revealed to me over the 13 years, I guess, now I've been doing this, is that, like, the really great players don't typically have that period of adjustment. They just dominate. So if that's what you're looking to get at pick five with a high schooler, and I think it is, then if they're right, they're just going to be right, and they're going to be right quickly enough that the guy they pick is ready to go when the Orioles are ready to throw down with the Rays and mm-hmm. the Yankees and the Red Sox and this young Blue Jays core hitters. Yep. Like, your players are either going to be good enough to deal with that or they're not. And it's just about your ability to scout them and develop them that dictates that. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily, like, uh, for sure the Orioles are the type of club that likes to do the roster efficiency things that are not necessarily great for players. Uh, like, they, they barbecue them in the minors and want to have all the years of service time and all that stuff. But, like, if you're a great player, there's nothing stopping you. So I, I think that's the type of guy they have the opportunity to pick here this year. Um, and if they're right, then the timeline piece will, will be moved. Uh, interesting nugget uh, around pick 13 in your guys' mock draft. I mentioned Harry Ford, obviously one of the top high school bats in the draft, an interesting bat. The bat speed is very impressive. It says that he's been rumored as high as fifth overall. Now, is that just more he's a handful of the candidates that would be in the underslot conversation, or has there been, you know, has Mike Elias been out to scout him as well? Oh, yeah, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I'm not looking at – those notes right now, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been there. That's another one of those like high scores from Georgia where when you go in to see one, you're going to see the others. Um, and I think, yeah, with Ford, it's interesting that he might not even go out as a catcher. It might be one of those Bryce Harper, Will Myers type of situations where this guy's carrying tools, his bat and teaching him to catch. Not only is it going to be hell on his body, but it's going to slow down the pace of his progression through the minors. And so let's stick this guy in center field. Like, this is how kind of freakish Harry Ford is, is that if he doesn't catch, he runs well enough to play center field. Like, they're just – how many guys – Jason Kendall? Like, how many other guys can we think of who that's impossible for? And so, yeah, I I do think that he would be – hey, you're a high school catcher. Those guys tend to fall because it's a risky demographic – uh, they bust pretty frequently. If you can take that guy five at a at a big, you know, underslot deal because his next the next likely place for him to go isn't until like here in the middle of the first round. Uh, I think that that's an option if you like that player a whole whole lot. Um, I don't know specifically how much the Orioles like him. They do seem to have scouted him heavily, and um, he does. You know, when you start to think about it, fit a situation like that where you go. Oh, you, it doesn't have to be a high school or a college player with whom you cut an underslot deal. It just has to be a player who you like a lot, who isn't otherwise going to be picked until quite a while later. Uh, and this guy seems to fit that that bill. Like he's not any riskier, in my opinion, um, than you know Brady House. You know, there's a chance Brady House when Brady House at his size. Would it surprise any of us if he were just a first baseman by the time he's 22? No, like. He might be a gigantic human being who can't play anywhere other than first base. He's a giant 18-year-old already. So uh, when you're, like, lining up the high schoolers in this way, 
this catcher slash center fielder with gigantic bat speed belongs in that mix. And, uh, and so, yeah, if, if that guy doesn't have a home until middle round one, I'd absolutely be thinking about like what kind of deal you'd be able to cut, especially if it means taking a bunch of overslot guys uh, later in the draft. All right, let me let me just p- pull it all together, Eric, and put it in front of you. You're Mike Elias. You we we take Lighter and and Meyer off the board. We just assume that they're gone because come on, let's be real. Yeah. You're rooting for who? Who is it that you desperately want to see sitting there for you to take at number five? I- ignoring what the Orioles might do, you're Mike Elias now. Oh man. I kind of – I'm really intrigued by the idea of cutting with Colton Couser. Like, I just think wow. he's an excellent player. Wow. Um, but if I want someone to fall to me, it's got to be Henry Davis. Like, I don't know if there's anybody else in the – Jordan Lawler, I think, is going to be a fine player. I don't think Jordan Lawler is one of these high upside high school shortstops. I think he's more uh, an instinctive and polished player who's going to be a perfectly fine everyday shortstop. Khalil Watson is the one with the crazy variance where, holy crap, this guy is sure. as electric as anybody in the draft. Like, but Davis is the one where I know he overlaps with basically every college hitter who they've taken position-wise. If Henry Davis isn't a catcher, he's a first base in DH, and like the Orioles have those guys sitting around too. So, but like Henry Davis, Henry Davis hit a home run this year that I don't know if it was ever more than like. 13 feet off the ground. Shoot. He hit an absolute, like, laser Screamer. rope. To set. Like, this guy's got crazy power. He has got virtually no swing and miss issues. Uh, he's performed in a huge college conference for several years. He looks the part in the uniform and athletically. Um, the way catching is going to change is going to help him be able to stay back there when automated balls and strikes come and the artistry of pitch framing becomes irrelevant like this guy's chances of catching are just skyrocket because he's got a plus plus arm and uh that and and ball blocking are going to be the two things you care about most and so you only have to develop one of those and this is a high effort kid who i bet you can get to do the latter so um if henry davis falls to them he's the one where everyone i think in the draft room should look at each other and go what are we doing here yep this guy's gonna mash let's take this dude so then, on the flip side, you're Michael Elias. They cut a deal with Colton Kowser. Who are the guys that you are praying are available on their next pick for an under cool. for to pay for overslot type of deal? Yeah, I think at some point, maybe not with the next pick, but at some point, you want to take a high school uh, arm that you like. Like, I love Braden Montgomery. He's a two way uh, player who's committed to Stanford, who <laughs> is unfindable. Like. I think I don't think they're going to be able to save enough to give that kid like four million or whatever it is that he's asking for. But I'd love to have him in my farm system if yeah. I were yeah. you know, working for an MLB team. Uh, I do like Frank Moscato, um, the the prep lefty from the Northeast. Like I think him, Anthony Solomato, another you know New Jersey lefty high school kid. Um, that's that's my mix. If you can try to to buy back. Uh, a high school arm from the late first round, you know, past the comp into your second round pick. Those are the two names that I would tell the agent, like, hey, float this number that no one else can match, but now we can because we've cut a huge deal. Those are the two names. And it's because, like, those are athletic kids with field to pitch. 
They don't throw super hard right now. They just have feel, athleticism, spin a breaking ball. Easiest thing to develop in our game right now is velocity. And so I want all the other stuff and the underlying athletic and body projection traits that indicate I can develop the velo. And those two guys, Anthony Solomato and Frank Moscato, two Northeast prep arms, they've got that. Uh, so those are the two guys, if, if I could pick high schoolers to try to buy back to my, my next pick if I'm Baltimore, those are the two guys that stop my All right. I, I know we've kept you long, Eric, so we're going to wrap. I'm so sorry we did it this so long, but uh, when is the updated prospect list, and should we already get our shirts celebrating it being Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez 1-2? <laughs> you know, pitching, pitching sucks. Like, I've, there's nothing that uh, – that has made me and my colleagues look consistently worse than like how we've evaluated pitching over the course of our careers. They just get hurt. They regress unexpectedly. You know, the, their body, their posture changes because they sat a lot during the pandemic and now their arm slots totally different. Like there's just, so Grayson Rodriguez, I don't know if I'll ever put a pitcher number two again. I don't think I ever felt, I felt so safe. Uh, like I was in a warm bath putting Mackenzie Gore at number two. And like you go look at his 2019 <laughs> season, and it's easy to see why. Mm-hmm. And then the guy comes out of <laughs> the quarantine and just can't throw strikes, and he still can't throw strikes. And it's been over a year, and now it's like he's got a blister in scare quotes. And like pitching is scary. So Grayson will never be – I can't ever see putting Grayson number two overall on a list. I can't see putting the pitcher number two overall on a list ever again after some of the stuff we've all been through. But Ali Rushman, for sure, when Wander Franco graduates off a of prospect list, he's number one with the bullet. It's not close. He has everything. He's a switch hitting catcher with power and plus athleticism. He's an elite defender. He has all the intangibles. He's a, you know, Brian Dawkins in catcher's gear. Uh, uh, yeah, he's number one. It's, he's awesome. Everyone, you know, cross your fingers that every foul ball that uh, would otherwise clip this guy's forearms or shoulders or inner thighs just gets, you know, redirected by some guardian angel that, you know, yeah. Rob Manfred has put in Correct. somehow. Correct. Like, you just, he's, he's incredible. And I, Orioles fans, this is, I know Matt Wieters was not what people promised. This guy is going to be that, okay? This guy is going to be a cornerstone of your franchise. This is a future Hall of Fame talent. I mean, may may we may this forever be the case, and 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 we are with you. We need to put him in bubble wrap. We need to protect him at all costs. He is the most important thing that's ever happened. Since, well, since Manny Machado was, and right. may, may we may he stay around longer than that. May he be here forever. Eric, uh, let me get plugs in. You've done so much for us. It's at Longenhagen on Twitter. Is how people can follow you. Um, what about what can I plug that's coming up at Fangraphs or that people need to know about? So we'll have an updated mock. Um, pretty soon. We're working on that this week and hope to get that out uh, at the end of this week. We'll be doing the whole first round. Uh, I have a book called Future Value. Just yeah. is basically 13 years of experiential knowledge. Uh, Kylie McDaniel and I wrote that, and it came out during the pandemic. Uh, I yep. actually think we're going to have our first book signing in Denver next week, so if people are going to the Futures game or whatever, uh, Saturday, that's a, there's a, I'll tweet it out. Um, but, yeah, we're doing a book signing. And just go to Fangraphs. Fangraphs needs people's help. Uh, we're sh- shifting to a subscription model. Uh, ad-based revenue coming out of the pandemic has not recovered. And, like, we're all on pay cuts, and the site needs people's support. So please go to Fangraphs and consider 
uh, supporting us. And thanks for having me on, guys. Eric, really appreciate you doing this, man. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Eric Longenhagen from Fangraphs. Appreciate that conversation. Know it ran a little bit long, but really appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. Um, I, I think that Henry Davis is the safe. If he's there, you just take him pick because that's the bat, right? Is that like, good? That's is that the, good? Yeah. That's the college bat. You just but take I, I'm and still you not, say. I'm still, you still have to be intrigued by I mean, if the Colton Cowser conversation is as serious as he's making it, if Harry Ford is as good I, as I've, he's. I've said before, I'm not, I am not cutting the deal for a high schooler. I'm, I'm not still, doing that. Not with the fifth uh, There are high schoolers who are I'm great not, off, no off the bat, right? Like, no one's saying there aren't. I'm saying I'm not doing I understand what you're saying. It. I'm aware of what you're saying. Yes. I understand the argument about the timeline, but I do kind of side on, it's, look, it's, I, first of all, heir to the scouts. I'm, I'm not going to make them decide. Lord knows, I do right. not know nearly enough. Harry Ford might be the greatest baseball player of all time. If he was, I'd like to think that people were, that, that's, that's where he would be. I understand. Now, I get it. There's plenty of guys that aren't scouted that way and that turn out to be that. So I'm not saying that he won't be. I'm saying that in at some point there has to be a timeline for this. And for it to not just be a high schooler, but a high schooler you're cutting a deal for that isn't even thought of as being a surefire, absolute, going to be. I, no, I can't do that. Right? There, a timeline has to come into play. Unless somehow you are so confident that everybody is so wrong about this guy and he really is the most talented player you've ever seen, I, I can't I can't do that. I can't do that anymore. You want to cut a deal to get a, a college bat that you think is a safe thing, a Colton Kowser, fine. You know what I mean? Like make, make that that's a safe choice. I cannot cut a deal for a high schooler. But it, there must be a timeline for this at some point, or this organization has to drastically change and prove that they're going to be the organization that's going to buy guys out of arbitration years. They're going to sign guys and they need to sign guys. Until I see that, I have to know what the timeline is. And an underslot high schooler fits in no timeline. I hear you. I mean, like, I hear you. And I understand the argument that if he were that good, he would be drafted higher. But uh, it's intriguing. I mean, he's. He's got a hell of a bat, and the fact that he can play center too makes it even more intriguing. It's all right? well and good. It's all well and good. I let it. Be, I, it can be intriguing for anybody else. I, and I'm not. Look, if that's who they take, that's who they take. I'm not going to root against them. I'm not going to assume. I just that's not how I. I at some point, this organization has to figure out what they're doing. And being perennially rebuilding is not okay. You can't just be the team that's always rebuilding. At some point, there has to be an idea in mind. We think these guys are going to be here at this time. And I don't think you can do that with an underslot high schooler. I think that's an ultimate wild card. Could be great. Could, I mean, could truly be a phenomenal baseball player. But when are your other guys here at that point? Has, is, I understand. Are, are you already I at the back end of Adley Rutschman by the time this guy's a player? I am still. I know that you have to see it to believe it. I mean, you're, and I mean, it's not to be disrespectful for you. You're basing it on nothing. I'm aware, right? but you're I, I understand you have to see it You've to believe it. You just decided this that, is like, a guy that you're in, excited by, and it's it's. I'm not again. I don't. I'm, I'm not trying I'm to be offensive. Taking to you. offense. I'm just saying. Right. I'm. I want to believe that they will do the necessary things to extend the window, right? And so, if we're talking underslot. And ceilings and all that. I'm I'm in, I'm eternally intrigued by potential and what players could be. And it's, I understand that they're not mutually exclusive. You could have a lot of potential in a Colton Kowser or a Sal Freelick, right? Like that's hundred percent always possible. 
I'm just saying, right, and again, I will completely defer to Elias and company and their job that they are doing to scout these players. But, but you, uh, my point is, you have no reason to think that he's more intriguing than any of these other. He's got guys. the best bats in this draft. He's got the best bats in the draft. That's not a common. That's not something that everybody has agreed upon. It's top. It's top tier. There is. There are. Nobody's, if there's guys with better, there are not many. And you know, generally speaking, that's a good tool to have. Nobody's saying a it's a bad tool to have, but the notion that it definitely means that he is somehow better or more not, intriguing than any other guy. doesn't even curveball. Like, I'm, not, I'm, it's, it's, I'm not naive here. I'm not pretending I, that this is a I'm, surefire can't miss. If, if this was a guy that was being scouted as a top five player in the draft, no problem. Well, it wouldn't be an no underslot guy at that point. That's the, pro- that's the point. If you're going with a high schooler, it better be a high schooler that you think is such a sure thing that you think that, that can fit into your timeline. Otherwise, no. No. I am not, I can't stomach the idea of cutting a deal for an underslot high schooler. This, God bless the idea that, yeah, I, I want to believe they can be that team at some point. There is no reason for me to think it today. There is nothing in front of me that says the Orioles are going to be the team that's going to extend a window for a decade. I have nothing that says, says that. Zero. Nada. I hope they become that, sure. I mean, I hope they become... The I still believe that those sorts of deals will come for guys like Mullins and stuff. Mullins is the least of my concerns. No offense to him. I'm not saying that... Of course, like, Richmond and all that down the, the line. Like, I'm not, I'm not... But I'm saying that's still, that's still the first chance here for, for showing no, the, that they're, the, that the they're trying to The first chance should be John do. Means, period. John Means is the one. That should be the guy that you should be buying out of, our, uh, buying out of arbitration years. Fair. That's the one. Mullins, a year from now, or really a year and two months from now, you want to have that conversation, by all means have that conversation. But there's no comparison here. John Means is the guy that they should be buying out of arbitration years. When is he going to return? If they're going to do that, after the All-Star break. It's official. That's what they're saying. That's what they're just saying. They're giving him through the All-Star break. That's the word. Um, that, that's, you do that, then we start having a conversation. Or you're at least willing to do that. And again, that might be something I just don't know about for whatever reason, because nobody's reporting on it, that they are pursuing that type of thing. That might be the st- type of thing that makes me start to change my mind about others, that I sort of say maybe they are envisioning an extended window, or they're doing that to try to line it up with Adley Rutschman's window specifically. Look, you know, if they're not at all, if it's a six-year window and that's Adley Rutschman's timeline, then we're screwed altogether. <laughs> Not, no, not entirely. I get it, and you're banking on a long shot. You're banking on it all coming together perfectly in one of those six years, and that's risky and probably... But that's, I, that's the only evidence that I have to work with. I have no other evidence that says... Except that they are trying to... We were sold on the fact that they were trying to model this off of the likes of the Astros, Cubs, and others, right? The ones who broke through, succeeded, and, and tried to stay. But comparing and it to the Cubs is insane. I know, there, the Cubs have a much different not, budget, but you get what I'm saying. Cubs. It's not, well, there's not it, a similarity They stripped there. it and they built it. And That's fine, but then they were the Chicago Cubs afterwards. Look, my point is, if this was all a, well, here we have this top prospect that we drafted, and he'll be on our team for six years, and that's our window, then this is I mean, this is not doomed necessarily, but it is it is a long shot. Yes, it's a long shot, 100%. And that might be the best case scenario. That That's the reality. That's why I keep talking about this the way that I do. The best case scenario might be a long shot. 
well, it's always going to be a long shot for what it's worth. But the idea that you are a long shot in a short time to it being a restricted time to frame. a small window is. I hope. You know, I hope that they're going to be something else. The evidence I have, no reason to think that. Not yet. Not yet. And until they show that, I'm going to be averse. Somebody might say, well, if they cut an underslot deal with a high schooler, wouldn't that make you feel as though they were already thinking these things? Nope. Nope, not at all. Not not one bit. Because well, they make me think they really like the player, right? Like I make well or or they just found the guy they could cut a deal with. I mean, like it would make me think one of a number of things. What I would really think is there's still a possibility that one group of people has one thought about how this works, another group of people has another thought about how, how all this works, and it ends up playing out the exact same way that it played out the last time, where the general manager didn't want it. They, he would have preferred to spend the money in a certain way, and ownership said, nope, you're spending it on this guy. And that's not a knock. I, I don't know anything about what John Angelos is going to be as an owner when it comes to these types of decisions. I don't know. But the notion, I, I've got nothing to work with yet that says that they are committed to this being a long-term thing, that they've got a long 10-year window to try to solve this. And until I see that, i got to be working around Adley Rutschman's window because that's the guy that, again, we have reason to believe truly is special. The same way that they should have been working around Manny Machado's window, that the entire thought of how the Baltimore Orioles existed should have been based around Manny Machado. Well, you could argue period. they were, right? They I mean, weren't. they spent money on players to try to fill no, the roster they didn't. when he was there. But they, I under- they, they spent peanuts. They didn't they actually spent more do than that. they've ever spent in my life before. They, they didn't spend anything similar to what other teams were spending in order to make sure they went and won. I get it. They didn't do that. I they get it. didn't do what they were supposed to do. But they spent enough to buy, they spent enough money then to indicate they could buy people out of arbitration. If you spend $200 million combined, thereabout, from the likes of Ubaldo, Chris Davis, Nelson Cruz, then... They spent one year on Nelson Cruz. They didn't spend much money on Nelson Cruz. Right. Fine. Take him out of the equation. Still mm-hmm. $200 million. We talk about Chris Davis and Ubaldo Jimenez. Close. Then there's... At some point in this time, there has been money allocated to spend for the Orioles' front office. Now, how they do it and how they decide to divvy that up, if that's the conversation, then... You know, that's their job to figure out. But it would be quite disconcerting if we were sold, and I understand this is the argument David Sampson makes, you're sold on a rebuild with no this, intent of actually spending. It would obviously be... Or, or, or spending, what you're, what you're saying their spending was is not the spending that's necessary to make up the difference in winning a World Series. Giving deferred money to Chris Davis isn't well, the spending Rays, to right? go win a the World Rays Series. The aren't spending exorbitant amounts. No, they're not spending much at all. They got Blake Snell for $50 million. If you're smart on a budget... I don't disagree with that, but they have to prove that's what they are. I understand. They haven't done that. I understand, but I would like to think that Michael Elias and company would would be able to read the tea leaves from the Orioles' past and not God, expect to be able to be like, God, well, Adley's going to get $300 million or $450 million because because he's that good. Right? God like, bless. I'd like to think a lot of things. I'd like to think they wouldn't have happened the last time. I can't operate with that until I see it. I hear you. What I have is what I have. And until that becomes, until there's a new truth, that's the truth that I have to work with. Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley were talking baseball last night. They caught up with former Orioles manager Dave Tremblay. If you missed it, find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports by clicking on the videos tab or by going to pressboxonline.com. Stan's shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Uh, we'll try to race through tidbit and tubular when we come back in. we got a lot going on this hour. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. 
Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit you are out you are listening to glenn clark radio at glennclarkradio.com mobile one full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life visit your local jiffy lube service center ask for mobile one we're winding down a long tuesday edition of the show let's just go ahead and get right in to uh, tidbit tidbit brought to you by c3 american exteriors don't let the insurance industry get one over on you call c3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible 410-401-9797 or go to c3america.com for your free analysis 
All right, tidbit of the day. Of course, we are all hoping that Trey Young is uh, able to play, if not at full strength, at least good enough to keep the Hawks competitive tonight because it has been a spectacular postseason for Trey Young. He has the second most points. He has the most assists and the fifth most steals of all players in the NBA playoffs thus far. Well, unfortunately for you, Trey Young has the second most 20-point performances in the playoffs. Mm, Paul George. behind Paul yeah. George. He's been good. I mean, other than the free throws. Trey Young, 45 three-pointers in the playoffs so far this year. He is one of five players this postseason to have made at least 41 threes. Okay, one of five, the other said? fours, yes. Uh, George? Paul George has 50. Um, uh, Middleton? No. Booker? No. Um, oh my God, I think about who. Only one of the players remaining is still. Only playing. there's still there is still another player who's playing who's made that. that He's made the most, by the way. Has made the most. Yeah. Kevin Herter. No. Cam Johnson. No. He's made the most. Yeah. Made the most. You know, that's what I said. All right, just tell me because we're going to be here all day. Reggie Jackson. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I should have got He's been unbelievable, man. He really has been unbelievable. All right, and then the guys that are out. Um, is there a Jazz? Yes. There's a Jazz. So it was uh, Mitchell? 50 for Donovan Mitchell. And is there a Nugget? No. Is there a, uh, a Net? No. Is there a Sixer? Yes. God, who made that many for the Sixers? I'm going to guess it wasn't Ben Simmons. It is Ben Simmons. With That's no. ridiculous. Um, who made all the threes for the Sixers? Seth Curry? 41 okay. for Seth Curry, who has had a nice renaissance in his career here. He's a nice player. In Philly. I've always, I mean, uh, you know, there's a problem. He was out of the league for a little bit. Right, but he's a nice player. All right, uh, Print Issue of Press Box is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you get Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Talia Tungavailoa on the cover. Go pick it up right now. Tubular brought to you by Grade Eights Memorabilia. Love Grade Eights. That's my spot. Those are my guys. They do things the right way. They care about our community and try to take care of people that need it. In addition to giving you the opportunity to uh, get up close and personal with your favorite athletes, Return to training camp party with Tyus Bowser coming up in July at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Also coming up later on this summer, the Purple Takeover at the Maryland State Fair with a bunch of different Baltimore football players. Find out more by going to grade8smemorabilia.com. Orioles have still not announced a starter for tonight. We think they're going to try to bullpen their way through tonight's game as they continue their series with the Astros. Did Alex Wells pitch last night? He did. He pitched. Uh, he was a Tyler Wells no, Tyler Wells pitched that. Yeah. Uh, that's right. So it might, maybe? I don't know. He had mentioned him in the press conference when okay. it was the notion of who would be pitching. Okay, at least, so maybe yeah. it's Alex Wells. Who knows? But right now, it's still unofficial. Whoever the starter is going to be for the Orioles this evening as they continue the series, Jose Urquidy. Urquidy? Yeah, we don't know. I, honest to God, don't know. Uh, goes to the Astros. Um, that one's on Masson, too, at 8 o'clock. Uh, Masson, oh, sorry, that one's on Masson, actually, tonight at 8 o'clock. Masson 2 for Rays Nationals at 7. It's also MLB Network if you happen to live in the L.A. or New York markets because MLB Network's got Angels-Yankees at 7. 
coverage of Wimbledon is on ESPN2 right now because ESPN's got England and Germany. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Sweden and the Ukraine uh, coming up at 3 o'clock on ESPN as well. Game 2 of the College World Series at 7 on ESPN, and then Giants-Dodgers at 10. ESPN2 will have Connecticut Sun-Washington Mystics tonight at 7. Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals on TNT at 8.30. NBCSN, uh, that's, uh, I, I keep listing that, but it's Tour de France. It's over for the day. It's done. And uh, the USA Network tonight for WWE NXT at 8 o'clock. Some non-sports highlights. Oof. The Flash, 8 o'clock on CW. Um... Fox, 8 o'clock. Is TMZ like the official are they reporters now? Is that what we do? I have no idea. TMZ investigates the UFOs, the Pentagon proof at 8 o'clock. I mean, I'm mildly intrigued in the subject. So who knows? The Capital One College Bowl continues with Peyton Manning quizzing children at 10 o'clock and stuff and things. Check it out on ClarkRadio.com. The Fast and Furious cast is on Colbert. Ah, can never miss that. Never, ever miss that. All right, thanks. Oh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows. No money down, no payments, no interest for two full years. 866-90NATION or visit WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. And uh, get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. We love Glory Days. Try that buffalo cauliflower. It's outstanding. I really recommend the smothered chicken. So good. GloryDaysGrill.com. Thanks today to uh, Abby Gestitis, who's headed to the Olympics, Eric Longenhagen from Fangraphs, Andy Martino, the author of Cheated, as well as Jordan Westberg, Orioles prospect, the Aberdeen Ironbirds. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, hoping to chat with John Bell. Yeah, former UMBC soccer player John Bell is now with the New England Revolution of MLS. Made his debut a couple weeks ago. Hoping to schedule a chat with him. Of course, Drew Forrester and then Irons and Fires stuff in the thing. Love the Irons and Fires. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Don't forget, pressboxonline.com slash contests to win that night out at Sports and Social MD for the UFC fight next Saturday with a $150 tab taken care of. Pressboxonline.com slash contests. Go sign up right now, and I need to know if you're in to uh, donate $5 per birdie that Drew Forrester makes at the U.S. Senior Open to the Helping Up Mission. Just hit me up on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio and say you're in. Thanks to Young Jack. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer. Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.